gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnuminium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chiefs Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can uh, build that dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, if you live in Georgia, or if you live in Tennessee. We're also served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Chicken Cock is the finest bourbon that is in my cabinet these days. And I would suggest you find it as well. If you have downloaded the Chief Sports app, it is there's a link in the Chicken Cock Challenge, and you can find it near you. Chicken Cock Whiskey serving our program, and we sure are glad to have them, especially when you're two and six. Perry Orth is standing by. He'll be in in just a moment. Mike Morgan will be in today for a couple of hours, as he is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We will certainly talk about Bobby Knight one of the greatest basketball coaches ever, and uh, he passed last night. Difficult to see, no doubt, but uh, he left a legacy that we'll get through. Gamecock Hoops was on the floor last night as well. They did scrape by in an exhibition victory over Wofford. A lot to discuss with that as well. The Fab Five will be up here in just a little bit. We'll make our picks a little bit later. We'll take a drive around the SEC and so on and so forth. JC, JB, and Phil from 11 to 2 here today from the Rama Studios. Glad to have JC back. I know Perry's waiting. We'll pop him in here in just a moment. And uh, the Gamecocks, of course, have Jacksonville State for the first time ever. A pair of Gamecocks will be playing each other in college football. Uh, pretty neat stuff there. JC, good to see you. Good to see you guys. Great to be here today. I like your shirt. It's the straight up uh, Carolina shirt there, Phil, the Garnet. Yes, sir. So it's really popping today. And JB, it's always nice to see the Meat Church hat. Uh, I think I think the Meat Church hat's as iconic as my socks visor I uh, elected to wear today. So we're all looking snazzy and ready to roll here on a Thursday, man. Had my Tuscaloosa segment, my Nashville segment. Uh, ready to talk some ball. Ready yeah. to do it. Yeah. That that Wednesday off thing really re- rejuvenates me a bit. So I, I'm fired up. So 
Good news for you, then. Uh, Phil and I have decided we're going to be taking Fridays off to rejuvenate. I'll just do the whole day, the whole three hours myself. That'll be awesome. Can, 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 you, can you imagine by hour three what we're sitting here talking about if it's just me? <laughs> me and the chat boxers? <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, I couldn't imagine by hour one what you'd be sitting there talking about. Um, yeah, 11.05 here. Uh, it is day two in the month of November. It is crisp and cool outside and beautiful. It feels just like football. And uh, we'll be ready to go on Saturday. Carolina kicks off at noon in Williams-Brice Stadium. Is Perry ready? We got Perry? Yeah, we're – yeah, 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 yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get things ready here and bring Mr. Orth in. Gamecock fans. It's time for Inside the Playbook with former Carolina quarterback Perry Orth on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Part of the Chief Sports Network. Quarterback Perry Orth joins us inside the playbook as he does on Thursdays. Hey, bud. What's going on, fellas? Appreciate y'all having me on. Ready to talk some ball. Hey, how's, how's Shannon feeling? Shannon's good. Dealing with a little – no, it was just common cold. Um, oh. You know, when you go from 80 degrees to two days later, it's in the 50s, you're going to um, you're gonna get knocked off your feet a little bit, especially when you're in the third trimester. So we uh, – we're getting ready to bring on baby O, young little baby girl O. She's coming to uh, coming to Columbia. Hopefully, she's like her mom and uh, gets her mom's height and not mine. And uh, no, we're excited though, man. We're we're pumped, ready to ready to uh, get her trained up to play some beach volleyball for the Gamecocks in about eighteen years. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like for that. those that are that are unaware, Perry and Shannon expecting a baby on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, being hey, something. Oh, if he if, if she gets there one day later, I will share a birthday with her, Perry. That's so right. I was I was three hours from being a Christmas baby. So Ooh, I was twenty sixth. So. It's it's a life of of of, of uh, combined gifts. There you go. Yeah. Well, we, uh... That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's before. Now sure. I'm only getting them once at a gift, right? I'm only getting them one you know, <laughs> birthday, but other people are going to have to pony up a little bit. So yeah, I guess you. I guess no, you. but it's good though, man. That no, we're excited, and um, for those that don't know, my wife played beach volleyball. She played beach volleyball at South Carolina. Um, she actually played in the ones pair for the majority of her career. She went to took. And really did lead the 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 Gamecocks women's team to two NCAA championship appearances in 2016 and 17. Um, and actually, she was um, on the ones pair that ended up beating number one Southern Cal 
mm. um, to get them to that uh, that level. So she was yes. a hell of a player. Is she is she from South Carolina or is she? No, she's state? actually yeah, she's out of state. She's Northern Virginia, just outside of DC. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Yep. Yep. So we, you know, me being from Jacksonville and her from Virginia, we have found Columbia to be nice and right in the middle um, yeah. between both both places. So we're uh, we ain't going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Thank, thank, thank God. <laughs> thank God for that because we need you, Perry. We need yeah. you, Perry. Yeah, I was about we to say you. we need you, um, Perry. They're two and six. Uh, great chance to get back on the the winning winning track this week. And um, last week, you know, seemed like they might have a – early in the ball game, Carolina really showed some life defensively. And, yeah. Um, and then there at the end of the first half, it just it just kind of fell apart. At least that's when I felt like it started falling apart. Uh, what, yeah. what did you see there towards the end of the first half? I, I'm not asking you to question Shane Beamer and the coaching staff necessarily, but – could anything have been maybe done a little bit differently to uh, to prevent uh, that that landslide that they had to endure before they hit halftime? I think the play that really broke the camel's back there was the big the forty some odd touchdown right there at the end of the half. We we've got to find a way to stay on the field and just whether go score points or just bleed it to halftime. Um, that 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 really hurt us and uh big plays are the name of the game it is so difficult to drive on opposing teams and uh when you you give up big plays especially ones that score um you know it really it becomes a struggle for um it becomes a struggle for you know your offense to go out and, and try to you know do the same especially when you're down a couple skilled players you don't protect ultra well and um you know, unfortunately, I think I mentioned it. I've mentioned it on the show the last few times is we're just still not playing complimentary football. We're still defense is playing well. Offense ain't offense is playing well. Defense ain't. And for some reason, it just there's so much about this year's team that reminds me of our 2015 team that that I was on um, where they they don't we're not mirroring one another. And um, now I think that. Um, you know, this team's got some really great players in some key positions, clearly like the quarterback. But, you know, I think that with uh, Juice and Leggett being, you know, running on, you know, not 100%, it's put us behind the eight ball. And Mario Ander- Anderson's a talented running back. He just hard to run through brick walls each and every run, you know. And, uh, you know, now I will say, the conference is 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 good this year. You know, you look at Missouri and AM and Georgia and Tennessee and man, those are some tough games. Um, especially when you go on the road to Missouri, turn around, go on the road to Texas AM and you were on the road at Georgia and on the road at Tennessee and Jesus, man. Just um that's a brutal deal. And uh but I will say we play we have played really well at home under uh Coach Beamer. We've played really well in November under coach Beamer and yes, we're two and six, but can we finish six and six and finish seven and six? There's no question about it. The big question is where is the team? Where is the locker room? Where is everybody's psyche at? Are they fired up to go win four in a row and make a bowl? Um, 
you know, I mean, what an awesome, awesome, like it sounds, sounds bad and it's funny, but what an awesome uh, game leading up to the Clemson game. If both of us were five and six getting ready to play that game at Williams Bryce, that place would be freaking electric. It will be regardless, but when you've got, because there's a good chance Clemson will be five and six going in that game. There's a good yeah. chance they'll be four and seven, but um, you know, th- there's an opportunity that both both teams are five and six playing each other for bowl eligibility, which would just make my freaking Thanksgiving weekend to watch those guys duke it out. And you know we'd beat their ass too. You know it. You know we'd beat their ass. Um and uh, that would just be that would that would make the frustrations of this season um really it, it it wouldn't take them all away but it would certainly be a nice little uh little healing healing uh healing potion for for what we've uh for what the team has gone through so this weekend Perry uh the 10 through 13 teams will be recognized you were on the 13 team are you going to be are you going to walk out there on on Saturday I, I am going to go out there. I'm working the uh, the Letterman's Lounge before the game because I'm on the board of the Letterman's Association. And so I'll already be down there. So I'll pop out and see some old teammates and tell Coach Spurrier, appreciate all the ball plays that we're running at Cardinal Newman. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, no, we uh, no, I'm looking forward to going out there. Well, I'm I'm hoping there's some good mojo that comes out of that this weekend. You know, that uh, there there's just some magic in the air that, drifts over from that from that era because you know one of the one of the things that is most difficult I think as we all know if you've um, played athletics and played them at a decently high level or high level is uh, learning how to win and um, and and you know they're still in those stages really if you think about it here you know at Carolina you've got this is year three under Coach Beamer, but you know it's there's been a lot of ups and downs over the last couple of years, and you're bringing kids into the portal, and then you're bringing you're losing kids to the portal, and you've got lots of young guys that are coming into the program, and it just takes time. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you really think about it, the ten through thirteen seasons, Coach Breyer got here in November of two thousand and four. Took that mm-hmm. long for that for that group to to get going and and really kind of find a find a way to get it figured out. Uh, South Carolina just wasn't used to winning at that rate around here, and and it it all came together. So, you know, it it, it this really has nothing to do with what we'll see on the field, Perry. But uh, I'm hoping that there's something that comes from all these guys being back in town and this group seeing whoever's out there. You know, Alshon, Swearinger, Connor, who, whoever it may be, and that that has some type of impact on the on this program because they they need it right now. They need some confidence. They need some guys to tell them that they believe in them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, and honestly, I could I could very easily see that being um, as corny as that sounds, being something that uplifts them of you know having current players warming up. And I don't know exactly who all is going to be in attendance, but you know somebody like um, a DJ Swearinger to go up to Nick Emanwari and say, "Hey, big guy, like keep playing, you know, yeah. keep playing your butt off." and you know, go knock some people out today or whatever it is that is said that might be a cool because, you know, Nick grew up watching DJ, right? Uh, these kids, especially the ones in South Carolina, grew up watching those guys play in the same uniform on the same field that they're doing that they're doing now. 
I remember as a player, now my relationship with Steven is completely different now um, than it was when I was a player. But no, I remember um, Garcia reaching out to me as a young player. You know, I was working my way up the depth chart and he just reached out to me on Twitter and was just asking how practice was going and just uh, went out of his way to check in on me. And me, you know, as a young high school kid, was watching Spurrier and the Gamecocks turn the corner, was watching Garcia running around, chucking the ball all over the place. And, you know, I grew up in Jacksonville. I'm only four hours south of here. So I knew everything of what was going on at South Carolina football. And for him to reach out meant a lot. And, um, you know, it uh, there could be a lot of positive. You know, I know you, you may have been joking, but there could be a lot of positive from having those guys come back around. And that's, you know, one thing. It's hard as a former player because you get in your routine of life, but it is cool to have former people come back and just be a voice of encouragement, um, especially when things are not going as well as maybe you'd hope. Well, I, I agree with that. And we've heard a lot of these stories around here for a long time. I mean, I know a ton of guys that played with you, obviously, as you well know, and before you. And and I think, you know, I mean, we've had these conversations, not like on the air in front of cameras or anything, but just in talking, I mean, Pat DeMarco will tell you, I mean, there were guys when, when he first when he first got here, who would come out and talk to the team, and or just see them, and it and it and it it made them realize as young young players, Pat being from Florida, you know, you're being from Florida, you didn't grow up in this state, um, and 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 so it takes a little while sometimes to, as you just said, as cheesy as this sounds. Uh, to realize that, you know, the guy sitting up there in Section 305 has been there for 25 years. Yeah. And and he's missing maybe a wedding that day or or maybe he he, he chose to postpone his, his family vacation until some other time because he didn't want to miss the game or whatever it's going to be. It, it, when you mature, you, you start to realize these things. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, one, I'm going to jump in, actually, because I just have a thought yeah. that I think you guys might actually agree with. Sure. Yeah. Is, um, you know, one thing that might be cool, and especially in today's world, social media is, is, is so toxic when it comes to post game reactions to things. It, it's just horrible what people say. But there are so many good fans that one thing that I adopted now, you know, I've been done playing for seven years. And one thing I've personally adopted because it meant a lot to me. I loved when people said, and they didn't have to say I was good. They didn't have to say, Hey, that was a great run against AM. You know, what I found <laughs> to be really cool was when people say, Hey man, I remember what I really enjoyed watching you play. I, I don't know why that for me personally, that like moves the needle and being like, damn, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have that guy or that lady in, three oh you know in section just say section 15 you know who's been sitting in row 18 for the last 20 years wouldn't miss a home game probably has skipped some pretty important life events to be there in support of you now you don't and you're not in debt to the fans don't get me wrong like the players are not like they have to leave it all in line because the fans paid money no the, the fans chose to pay they chose to come right but there, there's something that that um, if getting a couple just random fans that just love the Gamecocks, right? They're gonna be there, whether we're eleven and zero or or zero and eleven. Getting them to come and, and share, and that's kind of going on your same path with the players of getting them to share. Like, 
you know, my family bleeds South Carolina football, right? We love watching you play. The mm-hmm. only thing that fans, we as fans ask is that you just give it your all because we love watching players that give it their all. DJ Swearinger is probably one of the most, if not the most loved Gamecock of all time. Well, why? He didn't lead the program in touchdowns. He, 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 he wasn't, you know, he didn't run for political office when he got done. People loved him because he was talking hella crap, knocking the shit out of people. And he played the game and he cared about South Carolina football. That's why people love him. Um, and if there is anything that us former players and us or fans listening can do um, to encourage them and just say, you know, we love watching you go all out. That's what we love. We don't, you know, the great plays are cool, but I, I love watching, you know, Mario Anderson struggle for third and hey. one, push it past to get a first down. Yep. I like that more than maybe, um, you know, a deep post. The deep post is really cool for a, a split second. But that that guy or, you know, I don't know Spencer, but there's – I can't remember what game it was where he was running out of bounds and kind of turned up and laid his shoulder into somebody. Like, that doesn't hurt as a player. But it shows, like, the fans. Like, dude, Rattler, Rattler's got a chance to be a high draft pick, but the guy gives a damn. Mm-hmm. And he plays, he plays all out, and he encourages his teammate, like – he will be a legend because of what he did at the end of last season. It's still what he has to do the remainder of this season, but he will be remembered as somebody that really had a bad rap coming in here, but has done and been nothing more than an outstanding leader and role model for this program. And uh, I think that's what us fans and us alumni, former players, Letterman, I really enjoy when watching the guys play. Yeah, I agree. Leave it, leave it all out there. You mentioned Mario Anderson. He, he's, he, he, him and Debo Williams this year are the leave it all out there leaders on this team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every time the the ball is snapped, Debo's in the area, and if Mario gets it, I, I, I echo your comments. I, I do want to ask you about Nick Harbor too, Perry. It seems like the lights coming on. What have you seen the last couple of weeks out of him? Yeah, just experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just. The only thing I can relate to is just my own personal life experiences. And I remember my first game was in 2013 against North Carolina. We played them at home. You guys remember it was like 14 billion degrees outside. Yep. Um, I know, I personally know like four or five of my friends that were in fraternities that did not even make it to the game because they passed out from heat exhaustion. Now the alcohol they were drinking pregame didn't help um, their cause there, but I remember like watching the hits on the sideline and watching how fast everybody was, and how intense it was. And it was like, man, like if I had to play in the game right now, I would be completely lost and probably get hurt. Right. And, you know, Nick Harbour is obviously 14,000 times of a better athlete than I could even dream to be. But there is that mental learning curve that you have to take on as a player. Um, and he's going to continue to get better. He's going to continue to get better week over week um, to where hopefully by next fall, um, you know, he can be the premier guy for, for our team. Imagine his speed and his um, athletic ability of running good, crisp, clean routes and learning and understanding how to actually get open. That's a nightmare matchup 
Yeah, I I know. I, you know, I Phil and I were talking about this yesterday. He's got everything you could dream of. Um, you could see from time to time he does look a little uncomfortable still catching yep. some of those missiles that uh, Rattler's humming in there. But he's he's hanging on mostly. Uh, you know, I, I the 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 Madden the Madden game player in every fan wants to see the go route, you know, like why, <laughs> yeah. why, why don't we just put him out there and just, just let him run, you know, just, just let him go and throw the ball up there. I, I, I don't have the answer to that, but I, I'll ask you if maybe you do, is it just that easy? Just, just shift him out there and just toss it, toss the ball up and see what happens. No, because the guy that's guarding him is probably six feet, probably maybe a step slower. The difference between a four, two and a four, four is like, Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of four fours out there, brother, in this league. <laughs> and uh, the other other thing he's got to learn is because he is so tall, that that can be a disadvantage at times. When you get somebody that is a physical corner and they play with leverage, football is one, especially defensively with leverage. If you have a lower center of gravity and you're still able to play quick with fast twitch movement, they, they can take big guys like that off the field, which really they have up until recently. And so that goes back to my comment of learning how to run routes, learning how to play the position, learning how to get open. That's where he will excel. But saying, hey, run a nine route, well, then just play cover two or two man. Let the 4-4 guy corner trail on his back pocket, put a safety over the top. Guy makes a play on the ball, tip, safety picks. Well, Terrible call by the OC fire dialogue and sucks, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so a bit more to it. Now, what you can do is move him around. I love the way Ohio State uses Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, they've put him in the hip. They've put him in the slot. They've put him outside. They've put him at running back. They've done everything they can to get matchups that they feel like they can win with that guy. And that's something that Nick Harbour can absolutely grow into. And, uh, and I've loved the way that Dow's used him so far. You know, he's, he's used him as a pure receiver. It hasn't been just, hey, run him deep. Um, he has made a couple great contested catches on some deep balls. And uh, I think as fans, we ought, we, you know, we'd love to see um, more of it to keep it coming. Not maybe more of it throughout the course of a game, but more of it as the season kind of unwinds. To kind of fill in a little bit on that question about his development, how how much does it add that Spencer Rattler's his quarterback? It's not just some <laughs> yeah. guy. You've got yeah, it, uh, it doesn't hurt. I can assure you that. I yeah. mean, that, at the end of the day, that's especially as a coach more than ever. Like, you want to make a different. Like, you want to make a run as a team. You better have a dude behind center. And no offense to myself, um, none taken. But we were not going to win the national championship with me at quarterback. That's just we weren't going to do it. Now we could have well, had. Could have had no, a wait decent... a second. I yeah. thought you were. So. Yeah, well, no, you're right. I, I take that back. You're right. No, but um that wasn't your we, fault. Who who do we blame that on? Let's see. Um we blame we blame Coach Spurrier for recruiting me. Oh. <laughs> she is not their fault. It's our fault. Hey, we, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see Coach a, Spurrier on I, Coach Spurrier I, be in town on Saturday. Why don't you, yeah, you tell him tell him tell him like it is? I mean he uh, I've I've been a recipient of that joke a handful of times. Yeah, not your fault. <laughs> Get somebody else in there. Who's that? Steve Jr. brought you up here, didn't he? Yeah, we'll, we'll get a new yeah. coach. Nick. Oh man, I love that guy. I read this morning that somebody here in South Carolina 
uh, did a did an interview with him, you know, just a Q&A ahead of uh, the weekend since he'll be here. And you can you know how you, you're going to y'all all know exactly what I'm saying. Anytime you read in print uh, something that Coach Spurrier said a Q&A, you're 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 reading it in his voice, you know. And, uh, you know, he we'll just, coach yeah, him. it's just such a legendary tone. Like I think about it all the time. I, I think to myself and the kids nowadays, they don't like I coach kids that have no idea who he is, which is crazy, especially to us. Right. Yeah. Because they were if they're freshmen in high school, they're 14 years old. So they were six, seven years old when he retired. I mean, they, you know. And, you know, he uh, he just. Yeah, he, he's just truly one of a kind and just, God, he, you can't underestimate how he was able to see things happen in his head before they happened and how he could dress things up. And he just, um, you know, he, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I didn't try to model the way I coach after him. I mean, why shouldn't I? I mean, he's Hall of Fame, right? So yep. um, my, I, I was blessed to be able to play for him for, for three years and, uh, really tried to pick his brain as a young player and uh, and understand what he was trying to accomplish. And our coaches at the time really understood what he was trying to accomplish. And uh, man, it just made for some great, great memories, great stories. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to uh, catch up with him for a minute. I know he's going to get pulled in 95,000 different directions, but oh. definitely I'm going to bring my call sheet from Friday's game out there and be like, Hey, see all these plays. I know, you know, these ones. When we had our seven on seven tournament at South Carolina, we took Cardinal Newman there and uh, got an opportunity to catch up with coach Beamer while he was out there. And you're allowed as the offensive play caller during these seven on seven tournaments to kind of stand behind the quarterback. He came up, he's like, Hey, what you got on this sheet, man? Let's see it. And he was like, Holy cow. I haven't seen Cresser since 2008, you know, talking about when he was here the first time and looking at some of the play names that we had back then that I utilize now at the high school. And we just had a good time uh, joking about um, the names of the plays and, you know, the funny thing, I was reading a rant on uh, on Twitter with Chris Doring and Garcia. And what yeah. made what made Spurrier so great is that you could go back and watch old games. And, and I remember in 2015, watching the 96 national championship game. And they had Spurrier was doing, Coach Spurrier was doing the signaling. And uh, um, you, you, you knew the play was coming. So you talk about sign stealing, but yeah. he did not change the signals for 25 years. Yep. It just it's crazy. I agree. Yeah, all that Tennessee stuff that came up last week uh, and I saw people were like, "Wait a second. You know, Spurrier didn't have any problem beating beating y'all. You you knew what was coming, you couldn't stop it." So, uh, you know, last year you just got your rear end whipped. That's all that happened. You just got your rear end whipped and and that's what it is. Perry. Yeah. We got to let you run. Final quick thoughts here, though, on the game this weekend. Anything in particular you'll be paying close attention to because this is one of four consecutive, and they got to have them all to go get into bowl season. I actually think that we're going to play a really, a really good football game. I think the guys are going to be really um, excited to be back at home. I think the environment will be sneaky good. Jacksonville State's good though; only two losses on the year to Coastal and Liberty, which Liberty's undefeated, and we all know Coastal can play. So. Number number one in Conference USA in sacks as well. Thirty sacks already this year. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um, yeah. But you know we are better. We have better players than they do. 
um, would love to see us play a really good, clean game and, and handle, you know, handle the game, win 34-17, 34-21, something like that, and uh, get ready to do something similar, catch some momentum, you know, into Vandy and then into Kentucky. And um, that good chance if we beat Vanderbilt, that'll be a night game. And uh, yeah, get williams Bryce rocking to get a, a five and six square off versus the, the boys from the upstate. Hope you're right, bud. I sure hope you're right. We will uh, see you next week. Uh, I'll try to catch you. I'm bringing my kids to the game this weekend, so I'll try to catch you somewhere. I'll text you on Saturday morning. We'll try to catch you. Yeah, I'll be at the Letterman's Lounge um, before the game if you want to swing by. Me and Shannon will be out there holding down the fort. So, Yeah, that'd be be good. The kids would be chilly. They'll want to get inside and have a beer with me. Or, uh, (laughs) you know. Yeah, there you go. Great, great dad. I'll have to call you on some parenting tips too. Yeah, absolutely. You, you don't want those from me. I get yelled at every day, but hey, let me tell you right now, y'all might have the perfect marriage when them kids come along. Mm-mm, it's over. Everything is your fault and it will never end. Everything is going to be your fault. That's the best part about playing for Coach Spurrier is everything was my fault, so I just was ready for it, you know? Yeah, Yeah, you were ready for marriage. (laughs) Terry, talk about life breath. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Terry, that boy, you know, I don't know why he couldn't catch that ball. You know, you should have thrown it better. All right, man. We'll see you next week. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Be great. Perry Orth. Speaking of Clemson, Carolina, the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party is Friday, Black Friday, November 24th, beginning at 7 o'clock, 4135 Rockbridge Road. And it is proudly presented by our friends Billy G and Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. It is the party of the year. Too Much Sylvia will be playing. They are award-winning, fantastic band in the Midlands if you've never seen them. Barbecue, heavy, heavy hors d'oeuvres drink tickets, and more. There will be a cash bar as well. It's going to be jam-packed. Black Friday, November the 24th, the party of the year, the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party. If you want to buy tickets, we made it really, really easy on you. You just click the Chief Sports app and click the party button. That's all you have to do. Bam, you buy them right there on your phone. You don't have to go searching around. Uh, The Palmetto Cocktail pregame party presented by Billy G's Carolina barbecue. It's eleven thirty-five. We will step aside and hang tight. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce of any goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. 
Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres. Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call them at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soups Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Having some trouble there, Phil. Welcome back. 1139 Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Co. JC's back this week. Um, I want to say congratulations to the city of Spartanburg for breaking Mm -hmm. ground on Fifth Third Park. It is their new state-of-the-art baseball field. Uh, It's part of a $500 million retail and housing project, and it's also the new home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. It'll open in 2025. What timing for the city of Spartanburg. The Rangers just two years ago lost over 100 games. They turn around here in 2023 and win the World Series last night. Jordan Montgomery has a World Series ring, former Gamecock left-handed pitcher and who – Ran it up everybody's rear end around here when he was at South Carolina. Has done it in the big leagues as well. He's a world champ after the uh, series clinching victory last night, four to one. And uh, Christian Walker goes down without winning it, uh, but it was great to see two Gamecocks playing against each other in the World Series. But JC, I know that you're from Spartanburg, so this is a really neat thing for that entire community. Uh, mm-hmm. So congratulations to the Rangers. Congratulations to Jordan Montgomery, and congratulations. To the city of Spartanburg. Heck yeah, the hometown. Woo! Beautiful ballpark design too. If it looks anything close to the renderings, uh, that's a that's a. And I know where the land is. Um, unfortunately, I had to go to a funeral uh, in Spartanburg in, in February, and we stayed at that. Uh, gosh, it's called the A Hotel. It's it's a Marriott property, uh, right there in downtown, and. The lot behind the hotel. It used to be. There used to be a guilt. My my, my dad played uh, football with Bruce Gilbert. Long mm-hmm. story here, and he had Gilbert Shoes, which is right across the street. And then there was uh, a park or some some kind of industrial. I mean, it really was an uns. It's an what is it was an unsightly 
part of downtown. Uh, and now that's going to be just awesome uh, where they're developing that thing. And uh, uh, Spartanburg is almost unrecognizable unre- to me, the downtown part is. Because uh, when I was growing up, everybody had kind of moved uh, either to the – stayed on the east side or moved to the west side. <clears throat> and that was when Dorman uh, and that part of town ascended the Westgate Mall area and all that good stuff, the west side of Spartanburg. Uh, downtown was sort of desolate. But now, man, it's uh, – it, it's it's a it's a renaissance, quite frankly, uh, in downtown Spartanburg. And this ballpark is going to be awesome. I, I, I maybe fingers crossed the Clemson Carolina series rotates in there uh, one year or something. Maybe don't uh, don't keep all the goodness for those Greenville boys. Let uh, let the Berg have a shot to, at uh, at the rotation uh, for the neutral site game. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd be in favor of that. It's a uh, and downtown Spartanburg. It's not downtown Greenville yet, <laughs> but there's enough, enough bars, restaurants, hotels, and stuff. I think that people could go to downtown and have a have a good time at the ballpark uh, now. So proud of the hometown and proud of everybody involved, and I hope to see this uh, development come together nicely. And uh, just uh, you know, proud of the hometown at this point. Yeah, I think it's neat. I agree with you. I think that this uh, Carolina-Clemson game or series will probably play there. Uh, It's brand new. That's going to be very appealing and attractive to both administrations. And um, you know dang well that they're going to want to show this ballpark off to more than just the fine folks of Spartanburg. So they're going to probably want to try to get that game there. So they'll bid on it and they'll probably win it. Uh, unlike the city of Charleston, who just shorts themselves out all the time and doesn't care about anybody else. That's for another day. Um, so, you know, Jesus. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, you have a chance to bring this game down here and then they just lollygag around and live off the river dogs. Got news for them. Nobody cares about the river dogs. They just Bill, care about $2 or $1 beers on Thursdays. That's all Bill cares. Murray cares about the river dogs. Or yeah, is nobody else does. One dollar beer guy. He cares about the money that the River Dogs bring in. That's what he cares about. Yeah, I we all that. we all know that minor league baseball is all about marketing. Um, yeah, but yeah. That, that's that's, yeah. that's and it's uh, you know, and, and like, but the ballpark downtown Spartanburg too. I mean, people don't understand this. Yeah, and and, and, and Spartanburg has uh, you know more colleges than Greenville. I mean, you have Division One Wofford. Uh, yeah, there I you have and SMC and yeah. SMC. Uh, the, the, that's a, that's a, I bet you had a fun, I've, I've had some fun times, fun times at SMC <laughs> back in the day, boy. Woo, I remember when we all got to Carolina, you know, Crispy and Harley, Will Kish, Godwin, all of us, we were yeah. like, we made it. <laughs> we got out. Got out of Unisac, university about it. University of Unisaxon back there, but uh, it's uh, and yeah, Converse has women's sports, obviously, but uh, yeah, Spartanburg, you know, good high school ball and stuff in that can the county. Um, I think it's kind of neat, man. I I love concerts there too. I mean, it's uh, well, downtown Spartanburg uh, has really come a long way. If Uh, I had to move back, I would consider living in downtown Spartanburg. I mean, sure. I would. It's probably not where we're going to end up because, you know, you can't go home again, <laughs> you know, so to speak. But I would probably choose it over Greenville just because Greenville's so crowded now. Uh, Spartanburg's kind of a nice little oasis. So. Yeah, it's the it's the Berg, but it is a neat. Um, it's neat how it's all unfolded down there. Hats off to them. That that entire area deserves it. That's off to them. The Fab Five Challenge is up, by the way, everybody. If you uh, have the app pulled up, just click the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge. 
we do have a winner. We'll wait on Mike to announce the winner from last week. Um, here he'll be he, he'll be in in about fifteen minutes. We will take our drive around the SEC with him, and then also of course uh, play this week's Fab Five guys. Rich Rodriguez was asked about the Gamecocks, and I, I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's been a coach who's been as complimentary as Rich Rod. Um, yeah, I'm going to read this word for word here. It's off the desk of the great Alex Jones with the big spur. Uh, here's what Rich Rod had to say. I don't think it's even close on both sides of the ball. They're the most talented team we've played since I've been here. They're up 14-3 to on the defending national champions in Georgia. Everyone knows how good they are. They lost a close one to Florida. They lost a couple of other close ones. They are better than their record. That's pretty high praise for Rich Rodriguez for, of course, he's not going to want to, you know, he's not smart. I mean, he's, I'm sorry, he's not dumb. He's smarter than that. Uh, sorry, Rich. Um, he's not dumb. He's smarter than that. Mark I don't that. think he wants to poke the bear, a bear that's been apparently sleeping the last month, right? They're looking at this month as their turnaround. So he probably didn't want to say anything that's really going to get their feathers ruffled. Um, but uh, but those are pretty interesting comments from the guy who's going to be coaching against them this weekend. He also, by the way, went on to say when he was asked about the offensive line and it struggles, he goes, yeah, well, all those guys are SEC recruited. And the string guys, they're SEC recruited. And guess what? They're third string guys, the guys that we would probably try to recruit and can't get, they're SEC recruited as well. Um, so – Pretty high praise for Rich Rodriguez, who once told everybody that he turned this job down. What was athletic director did, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I think that's the guy that's in Alabama now, um, that athletic director. But uh, yeah, that was a that was that night was interesting because uh, I, I had already broken the news. Will Muschamp had gotten the job, uh, I, and I put it, I phrased it like barring something crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. They're getting the job because I, this is, this is, I have a pretty good source on this, right? And so, Jason, and what? You, you mean you mean to tell me that you're not like uh, some of the other wannabe reporters out there who say, unless something changes, <laughs> this guy's going to be the next job, and it's never that guy. Well, I told you, unless something changes, it changed. That's why he didn't. Obviously, get something changed. But I had good information. It, it must have changed. Wow. The, well, the thing is, you got to say what changed. You can't, you can't, you can't just say, "Oh, something must have changed." You know, oh, you know. <laughs> my God, you know. Well, what changed? That's how you do it, or you know, I, I don't think I phrased it quite like that. I, I said, "Barring something crazy happening." Oh, yeah. I'm just picking with you, like, man. Due diligence, about... you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just picking yeah. with you. The, the point is, by the time Ray Tanner interviewed Rich Rodriguez, Willie Taggart, who else? Chiano got an interview. The, the the job it was it was a done deal. Well, Muschamp was coming, in, and Tanner just kind of rapid fired these interviews. Now, if you ask me, had Muschamp passed on the job and elected to remain at Auburn uh, and kind of bide his time a little bit, who who would have gotten it at that point? Probably Rich Rodriguez. Uh, you know, just to be perfectly honest, he had a really good interview uh, with Coach Tanner, um, and by that point, you know. You're kind of, I mean, honestly, of, of the ones, the, the, the names that, that we knew interviewed, probably Rich Rod, Troy Calhoun, or Chiano would have been, you know, the better pick uh, out of those three. Uh, I probably would not have gone Willie Taggart. Of course, you could have gone Lincoln Riley at the time. 
Um, but I don't, I, I'm just not sure that would have worked out either. <laughs> so, um, and I, I don't know that any of these guys would have worked out, but if you're asking me about that point by the end, had Will, Will had a change of heart, it was, uh, it would have been Rich Rod, but he, he didn't turn it down. He wasn't offered the no. job. I mean, right. it just, uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's just one of those things, but yeah, he was very complimentary. Uh, and, uh, I, I think he's doing a little bit of Lou Holtzing there to be honest, cause he's got a good football team and they got good athletes. Um, and, and they match up schematically. I think they're, 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 they're problematic. Schematics are problematic. How about that? <laughs> For how they match up with the Gamecocks. That offense is tough. And then their defense, they, they'll literally blitz from anywhere. Salty. Uh, and yeah. they're very disruptive. Yeah. Yeah, they're salty. By the way, he had a pretty good career at Arizona. I know he had some off-field issues that, that led to him getting let go. But yeah. – um, but he he had a pretty good. It's a that's a it's very like South Carolina. It's a, kind of a hard place to win, and he took those guys to ten wins in his third year out there, and they were kind of on the mend after that three and nine season, and then all the stuff kind of came out. But he is sixteen and four at Jacksonville State, and uh, they're they're you, you you said it. Their defense and all those guys are they're pretty good. So you ever think about this? If Rich Rod number one regrets not taking Alabama. I'm sure he does. Remember, he, he, he turned it down. I mean, he, he, it was one of those where uh, it was a barring something unforeseen. Rich Rod's the next coach at Bama, and then he took 24 hours. To kind of, kind of, it wasn't quite a Bobby Crimmins, but it was kind of a, a half Crimmins, if you will. Uh, and, and he, he, he gave it a half Crimmins, and yeah. he, he, he changed his mind and stayed. And then the second Rich Rod regret probably would be the, tri- the triple R, if you will, the Rich Rod regret. Uh, it's probably leaving West Virginia. I yeah. mean, yeah, and because he had that thing absolutely rolling, oh, and then were, went to Michigan and what just wasn't a fit. And they were thirty-two and five at one <laughs> point in time under him those last three years before he went to Michigan, and it just—that's probably the real regret, JC. Not not staying at West Virginia, yeah, because that's that that that's his, that was his alma mater, his home state. I mean, he's a West Virginian like a lot of coaches are. A lot of coaches come out of West Virginia, uh, starting with the Bowdens. But uh, yeah, he – uh, Saban. Saban, um, you know, Jimbo Fisher's a West Virginia guy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that 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 just – sometimes that – sometimes you, you, you see the shiny new object. And that's one of the things I appreciate about Steve Spurrier. You know, he, he had some op- opportunities to leave South Carolina quickly. And go to places like, you know, Miami or Alabama or Auburn, and uh, never did because uh, I think he realized that you know sometimes the, those bigger jobs, even though there's more resources, uh, if you're not a fit, you know, it, it could it could end ugly for you. Uh, and, and sometimes it's best to just stay where you're appreciated and loved, right? Yeah, I I I agree. Paul Johnson. That can't be. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, I'm this. I I was thinking the Paul Johnson, formerly of Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah, he's not from West Virginia. Yeah. Well, when you said that, I decided. Well, let me go Google. It's funny when you you type in college football coaches from it automatic Google automatically fills it out with West Virginia. Uh, so this must be a popular Google. 
But um, I, I, it said Paul Johnson, but that's not the same Paul Johnson. This cat was born in 1985, and he's coaching at Chowan University. So um, don't think that's that's him. But, yeah, I just wanted to see. I mean, we've already named all the popular names. Uh, John McKay is from West Virginia. Mm. Uh, John McKay, former Southern Cal head coach. Yeah, Southern yep. Cal, uh, led Tampa Bay Bucks. Yep. Uh, Ofer coach, what, Ofer yep. with Spurrier quarterback, yeah. He sure did, but he's from he's from uh, he's from West Virginia. Uh, Doc Holiday, yeah, Doc was uh, Doc was at Marshall for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, one of one of the really Doc was a good head coach there. Uh, and I don't yeah. know, he just kind of petered out, but like a lot of situations. But he's also an outstanding assistant coach and recruiter. Uh, one of the best to recruit South Florida ever. William, he was. He was at Florida under Urban and got a lot of guys ready to roll. Current uh, App State head coach Sean Clark is from Charleston, West Virginia. Didn't realize okay. that. Uh, he's having a tough year, and they're all over him, but he's from yeah. Charleston, West Virginia. So I, I said the Bow- Bowdens were from West Virginia. I, I was mistaken about that. Terry and but Tommy. Terry and Tommy are – but Bobby's from Alabama, but uh, it's uh, yeah. he coached at West Virginia, therefore they they're, they're all kind of – West Virginia rooted. We call them West Virginia boys. Yeah, yeah. There's that's a it's a really neat, um, really Tony Gibson, who's the uh, current defensive coordinator at NC State. Uh, he is from uh, Van, West Virginia. I have no Blue idea Holt. where Van, West Virginia is. Lou Holtz is from East Liverpool, Ohio, which is right across the river from West Virginia. So he may yeah, as well be. I don't think they claim Lou though. Well, they can't because he's he's from Ohio, but it's just right across the river, right? <laughs> I, if you walk over the bridge, you become a West Virginian if I want to. But we're more physical on this side of the river from Ohio. <laughs> My son, Skip. Yeah, you know. It's, uh, uh, old Lou. He's uh, reemerged lately in the news from time to time. You see him, you see him here and there. Well, I felt so of- bad. Like, it was his wife. Finally, she, I mean, she passed away a couple of years ago, Beth did. And that was, I really was kind of worried because, you know, the guy, the one thing you did know about Lou Holtz was he and his wife are really close and tight. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of worried about the guy, you know, a little bit, you know, because there was all that issue with her health that went way back when they were even at Carolina and Notre Dame. And she, she survived a long, long time. And you just, he always talked about that. And uh, but he's he's still out there. Uh, with I think he's on ending on some podcast with Mark Jones still, or maybe a streaming uh, show. I think he. Let's does get them on the Chief app, man. Yeah, we should. Lou Holtz, reach yeah. out, reach out. I'm to just gonna tell you right now to download the Chief Sports app. <laughs> <laughs> My friends Jamie and Phil and JC and Mike Morgan, Mike Morgan from the University of South Carolina, play by play. We'll get. Uh... Brewer to call in for us. Ryan talks to him. He's got – so. there's a lot. There's some good there, – there's much better Lou Holtz impersonations than, than me. But uh, uh, mine's getting there, though. It used to not be that good. I used to be a really good Spurrier. Now yeah. I do I do James Bates's – James Bates's Spurrier impersonation is so wonky and funny and weird that I find myself mimicking it rather than how Spurrier actually talks. Because mm-hmm. like, Batesy, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, a little more high pitched. I'll shoot, but uh, uh, instead of like, yeah, you know, real spur. But anyway, that's my thing. 
It is time for a timeout. The national anthem at noon is up next. Mike Morgan will follow. We were powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Put something sweet and fast under the Christmas tree this year. You can even fold it up and wrap it. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Thank you those who have been buying from them for a while now. It means a lot to support our partners who have fantastic products. It's the holidays. Don't forget. Ball, ball steak. We let you back in, bud. Yeah. We let you back in. We're going to make That's you it. a good part Just of this time. show here for the next two hours. That's right. Let's have All some right. fun. Bend over and we'll show you. <laughs> tight. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock, owned and operated.
12.02 p.m. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. and served by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey. Here is a toast to all those who serve our country and the national anthem at noon daily now on ITG brought to you by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Again, uh, you can RSVP and buy your tickets in the Chief Sports app. For the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party coming up on Friday, November the 24th, this will sell out. I would highly suggest you go ahead and pay the 50 bucks for the dancing, the food, the hors d'oeuvres, the drinks, and the fun. Right? Did I miss anything? No. Hors d'oeuvres. I got hors d'oeuvres right. Did y'all ever see Four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn? I did. Right? Yes. Remember Mike? Or or do raise anyone? Oh Remember yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the uh what's his the the, the McGraw. Tim McGraw. Right? Yeah. Who was also the dad in Friday Night Lights. Yes. For my money, as good a football movie as there's been. Love the book, uh love the movie. And it, he plays just like this awful, awful father in that movie. Oh, terrible. Just he awful a, human Got being. to fight on the field with going out of the field with not his kid down to the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. Remember he, he he he's all upset his kid had the bad game, the fumble, he had a fumbling problem. Uh I used to have that problem. I just think about baseball. Um and he he the dad pulls over and like <laughs> JC got that. Uh, a little naked gun coming at you. Uh, he he threw the he threw the ring, his own championship ring from uh, was it Permian High School? Yeah. Into the field, and his son's like, "What are you doing, Dad?" And his dad's like, "Ah, screw everything!" You know, he's just like, just an awful, awful. But there are fathers like that. I've seen them. I had a friend um, that I played football and basketball with for for a good portion of my childhood, who had that dad. And his dad was just like, you're going to be a D1 athlete if I have to wring your neck to do it. And it was so uncomfortable, so awkward, so you just felt so bad for this kid. You wanted to just punch his dad. It's the first time I've ever seen a dad like that, but I know there's plenty of them out there. Oh, at kid school here in Lockport, there's a, there were two brothers that played, and they were they were tall, tall, Just to, and that's just about it. One was a quarterback, one was a tight end, and their dad – um, and, you know, you walk by him and he's standing next to the fence, not sitting down. And, you know, you could just smell the daggum old style and vodka <laughs> uh, coming out of his pores. It was one of those August games. He's just cussing and ranting and raving. And, man, and you're like, I'm like, look, your kids are trying hard. They're, they're, they're at least tall. You're on a state championship winning team. Uh, you're one of them's the quarterback. Just, just shut up. He, he's, he's not, he's not going to be Drew Bledsoe. He doesn't have that kind of feet. I'm sorry, cement shoes. He can't help it, uh, you know. And uh, it's it's hard to because like Moose, uh, my stepson plays ball, and it, it what I want to say to him, a lot of times, I do not. <laughs> you know, because I, I understand like when, when you when you see him low for, you know, it's like the last person in the huddle, and you, they're not they're not trying as, as hard as you may be able to have liked. Uh, when you have pride like that, you know, you, you, just, you don't want the kid to like embarrass you. You feel like he's embarrassing himself. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd ever go as far as the, the Tim McGraw character, though. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not having those types of thoughts, but it, mm. it's really you really just want to say, look, if you don't if you're not going to try hard, just quit. You know, literally, that's sometimes what I want to 
tell people, you know, if you're not going to hustle, just quit. Why are you wasting your time? But I never say that. So, and I see Nats in the chat box. I'm probably in trouble now. Oh, I say that. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I, I go out that that's one message. I am not afraid to tell my daughters when they do it. Anymore. Yeah. You're not going to go out there and give your everything. Then you just need to not sign up next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, just quit. It's a waste of everybody's time. No, no, don't yeah. quit. Now our team's counting on us at this point. There is no mid season quitting. And if you're going to go out there, you're going to at least give your all. I don't care if you're good. I don't care if you're bad, but I want to see you trying. And if you stop right. trying, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I like to yeah. think that that's, uh, that's our motto here on Inside the Gamecocks. Yeah, if you're not going to give it all, just If, just if you're not it. giving 100%, you know, we'll just get rid of one of those boxes and we'll put you out of there. <laughs> hey, the if the we bench could, is right here. The bench is, covered, uh, is always my weapon. If we had the other team in the – if we covered the other team in the state, we could say, keep your tilted hands off my rock. If you're not going to give the effort, keep your filthy hands off my rock. And then the then they have the tiger roar. Keep your filthy hands off my rock. Oh, don't respect Miss Clemson now. Come on, the Tigers. Come on. Is that Carl from Spartanburg? <laughs> That's Carl, Tyler's Tyler's cousin. Yeah. Tyler's cousin. They call the Tiger. tiger Tailgate Show. Yeah, we're about, me and Tyler about 15 tiger. minutes. We'll be in the valley shortly. <laughs> Do you, hey. you know, uh, did you guys hear the lot? Phil Kornblut had a funny at the press conference the other day. I Phil heard it's awesome. A proud member of the Chief Sports Network. Absolutely. Dabo Sweeney was, uh, was asking the media, what are you guys going to be for Halloween? And Kornblut goes, Tyler from Spartanburg. Even Dabo had a laugh at that. That was a pretty classic line. Hey, gotta, you know I, what? I got to give it to Phil. Uh, I think over the, uh, over the years, Larry Williams at uh, Clemson has – really not been the Larry Williams that he once was as far as the writer goes but he he really did write a good article yesterday he he spoke with Tyler from Spartanburg I got I got to give uh, him credit for that uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a fan but uh, I'm a fan of, of that piece I thought that was awesome. yeah. yeah so what's was, his story how first of all how old is Tyler from Spartanburg he's he's, he's uh right what 31 or something JC's yeah he's a U.S. Marine uh oh, who was okay just just honorably discharged and um and he you know look this is what he said but you know what he 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 clearly could be you know i guess lying to larry williams but he was like look i was probably a little disrespectful in how i said it but you know um i i feel like i've seen a change in him over the last few years you know he he's he's got this contract he doesn't utilize the thing i mean he he says the stuff we talk about. He's like, he doesn't utilize the portal. Uh, he doesn't seem to embrace NIL. You know, these are all the things it takes to win today, and I've just felt like he's, you know, not the same Dabo that I once knew. I love him and appreciate him, but I don't think he's the guy that once coached here, basically. And and he was like, so I figured I'd call him and ask him. He's like, I probably shouldn't have said it the way I said it, but, you know, uh, and he was like, you know, he was like, he called me a kid, and that was a little disrespectful because – I've gone to every Clemson game my whole life since long before he was here. He's like, I'm not, you know, I'm a U.S. Marine. Um, yeah. I was up watching their games, you know, overseas while they were winning national championships, fighting for our country. I mean, it was, it was interesting. Well, like I said, as someone who's hosted a lot of those shows over the years, that's the most entertaining thing to come out of a coach's show in a long time. So I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for Tyler. 
being able to get past the call screener and not have him get cut off for that entire diatribe, which is a miracle. And I guarantee you somebody got reamed over that. Uh, and I'm here for Dabo doing what all coaches want to do but feel like they can't do. Look, he, he let it rain. Like, he, he got it all out there. It was, it was therapeutic. I, I, I understand it. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was. Uh, you, you look back on it, it would have also been very easy for him to say, thanks for the call, Tyler, and just move on. Um, but he didn't do that. So. No. Well, I, I mean, I sense in your voice there that you, you think Dabo uh, kind of showed his rear end. And I, I know a lot of people feel that way. Um, but I, I, like I said, I'm okay with it because at the end of the day, that's how coaches feel. Uh, there's plenty of Carolina coaches I know for a fact that (laughs) when they were getting grilled by fans, some of them would turn around and go blank you. Okay. I won't name who, won't name names, but I, I I I, I tell you exactly one of them. I've I've been there for a couple of them and the rest of them, when I would, when I would, you know, do interviews in public or when we go to a commercial break during one of those coaches shows and someone was a little bit critical, not quite as personal as Tyler from Spartanburg. Uh, but certainly critical. They'd be like, you know, this SOB, who the hell does he think? Do they know how hard it is to win here? Have you noticed what's happened in the previous 100 years around? Like, I, I've been there. Yeah. Been there, done that. So all Dabo did was actually vocalize what most of these coaches say when they're not in front of a microphone on a coach's show. Now, did he have to go as far as he did? No. But neither did... Neither did good old Tyler from Spartanburg. That's what makes it so entertaining. When's the last time anybody talked about a caller on a coach's show? I didn't uh, every school has them. No, yeah. I, I'll tell you when it was. It was a few years ago when uh, Coach Muschamp got the call about being the thief uh, from um, what was that guy's ski name? Mask. The ski yeah. mask. That's yeah. Steve from Sumter. Steve from, Steve from Sumter. Sumter. Yeah, and uh, he was wearing a ski mask because he was stealing everybody's money. And he, uh, and he asked Beamer. He he struck again uh, with Beamer and Marcus Satterfield last year. He's yeah. like, is Marcus, Marcus Satterfield wearing a ski mask when he when he catches his check? Uh, they they Todd and those guys cut him off. The cut, last time when they when it got to be, when it was Beamer's time, Todd jumped in and was like, no, yeah. no, no, we're not going to do that here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love yeah, it. Like. If, if you ever, if John Whittle is ever on call-in show duty on the bigspur.com, it's worth a read for those of you that are members because he reports everything. Yeah. He's just, it's just a stream of conscience. It's like Todd's back. Now he's telling you to go to, to Bloomingdale's to buy yeah. this and then yeah. the other. And, 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 uh, and Shane so agrees that, that really that's good. the best place to have hot dogs in Columbia. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, so now Steve from Sumner calls in and he, then there's a lot and he's like, and then there's a long pause. Yep. Turn down your phone, Steve. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> and it just yep. reads like live. It's like an oral history of the college yeah. show. It's yeah. a, uh, like, I know yeah. only Whittle does. It. I mean, Hale and, and Alex also do it sometimes. And he, but on Whittle, when he does it, it's classic. It's he's a bear classic. for detail. That John Whittle. Oh my god, bear and for it's, detail. It's, and if you know him, it's even funnier because that's kind of his sense of humor. You yeah. know, and you know he's just sitting there sarcastic as hell. <laughs> I mean, anyway. Just, uh, just uh, check that. That's a sh- shameless plug for Whittle's. Uh, if he's doing the Collins show tonight, you definitely want to. It's a nice read. Just let me just. I'll just say that. 
Well, in an, in an easy transition here, there's uh, one coach who I don't think anybody would have the kahunas to make that telephone call to, and it's the great Bobby Knight who passed away last night at the age of mm. 83. Mike, you're a big hoops guy. I know that. Um, see, I see have my backdrop, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I, it's, that is, I don't that is after a Gamecock how, game. Like how Bobby did you Knight prop yourself in like that so well? I don't yeah, exactly. Well, if I was much better, That's if what, I was – technically savvy as you are this would have worked a lot better where i'm i'm not blocking the general <laughs> and i'm i'm here like for those that are just listening i'm i've got a picture of me and bobby knight after he broadcasted a gamecock game on tv i did it on radio and that's when he was I, at espn right that's when he was mm-hmm. at espn and so i'm trying to get out of the way and so i'm not blocking him i don't care if i block me but um anyway if i'm not, if I'm not mistaken i remember the game uh, it was uh tennessee at home in Horn's first year. Damn, you got a good memory. I think that's right. Well, because I remember he came out to football practice that day because Carolina was working a bowl practice. No? Yeah, was it spring practice? He he went out and talked to the team. Yeah, it was spring practice uh, because it was a March game. Yeah. Yep. Carolina Garcia posted a picture of that yesterday. Yeah. When the general came out and talked, so that was uh, because that 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 was a significant game because South Carolina that probably if, if they'd have been able to beat that team, uh, I think Bruce Pearl was the coach at Tennessee. Then they probably could have probably would have gone to the NCAA tournament that year. But that was that was a, that was a fun team to watch uh, for a number of reasons in Horn's first year. And I, I was I living in Columbia at the time. I went to a lot of I went to just about every home basketball game, and I remember him sitting across and watching 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 him at the table. So yeah, I've always I've always liked the guy. I've always thought, as sociopathic as he was at times, that uh, he 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 did more good for the sport and and for his players than than you know, a lot of coaches. Could do. By the way, I just ran into the great uh, Darren Horn um, doing the oh. Kentucky uh, game last Friday night. At halftime, I'm in the bathroom, and there old Darren rolls in. Jimmy Dykes and I are are just uh, chatting, waiting in line, and uh there's darren says hey jimmy hey mike uh because his son is a walk-on at kentucky God. don't know if he yeah, so and of course darren's the coach at uh northern kentucky Did they, it they is finally, surreal they finally made the tournament this past the norse they finally made it this past year right or did they lose uh, in the conference? i think so yeah he, he's they've been got knocking one, on the door they've been knocking yeah on the he's door. got one tournament under his belt uh and, and honestly that's a it's a perfect job for darren uh and i say this with all due respect to Darren Horn, like Darren Horn was not ready for the South Carolina job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, just wasn't. That was a terrible reach by Eric Hyman with so many other better candidates on the board. Um, but that's who he went with. And he got him for like 600 grand when everybody else is paying, paying more than double that. Uh, that was a huge kind of nexus of where Gamecock basketball was going to go because that was not a rebuild. Say what you want about Dave Odom. He left a lot of talent on that, on that roster. And Darren Horn benefited from that early with guys like Downey and Frederick and Holmes and Muldrow and Vanulis. And and then when it came to Darren's players, you know, he convinced Bruce Ellington not to play football. And then he just played like pickup YMCA ball and took a bunch of terrible shots. And uh, they looked like they were running the offense at the at the A court at the YMCA downtown in the old days back in Columbia. Um, but that was a that was a major like that, bas- the basketball program did not recover from that for a while because then Frank inherited a mess. It was a true mess. It was like a, a mutiny when Darren left, 
and there's a lot of different, uh, let's just say, takes on how that all went down. Uh, and so Darren, uh, excuse me, Frank truly had two years of just absolute slop of a roster. He had, nobody was going to win the first two years that Frank had the job. Uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. But yeah, I, one thing on Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight's a complicated guy. Uh, I I grew up, I played seven years of basketball with a kid who's from Indiana who eventually played D1 at uh, at FAU. The Final Four FAU on the mean wow. streets of Boca. Uh, and he was a really good friend of mine. And again, we, we played in a lot of camps together. I almost went to the Bobby Knight camp. And this is not one of those like you pay 50 bucks and you get a T-shirt. This is one of those where you 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 have to you have to be selected. You don't just get to go. And uh, me and and him at the time were the two freshmen that that were that were selected that we could go. Uh, I didn't go for a number of reasons. He did go, and he was a Bobby Knight fanatic. Uh, but what I remember when the whole Neil Reed thing happened, the choking incident, and some other things, I said, Mike, you're the biggest Bobby Knight fan I know. You're from Indiana. What do you think of all this? Because I'm getting, I was doing talk shows about it. Some of the most polarizing shows I did, including one in Columbia were when the subject of Bob Knight came up, because then it became cultural and old school, new school, and all that stuff. He said, Mike, enough is enough. I don't support him anymore. I love him, and I respect him, but it's enough. And I was like, wow, this kid who grew up on Indiana basketball, who idolized, Bobby Knight was a god in that household. Mm -hmm. But he find and and that's the thing, like, Bobby was just, there's nothing simple about that story to be told. Uh, and there, there, you know, there's been other coaches that cross the line or overly disciplined, what have you. And that definitely is a more old school way of coaching, but Bobby took it to an extreme. He really, really did. And it's unfortunate because he's a brilliant coach. Absolutely. And he did it clean. He didn't cheat. Even in the day and age where people were cheating way before NIL, we know players were getting bought left and right. He didn't do that. He didn't play that game. His attitude was you give me commensurate talent. And I will beat you. And more often than not, he did. Yeah, he he. You're right. Complicated is a is a great word to describe him. Um, complicated or not, he's as you just pointed out, still one of the best coaches in the history of college athletics. Period. All sports combined. Um, I love the story about when he threw the chair. Uh, that um, he's he in a he did have a good sense of humor, Mike. We were talking about John's sense of humor a little bit ago. As mean as he could be you knew he had that that dry sense of humor in there, and you better get it when he says it, or it's going to fly by, right? It's over. Mm -hmm. um, one of those type people. And I remember there was an interview. I'm not sure if anybody ever heard it. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. Um, but the interview, they asked him about throwing the chair. He said, I didn't throw the chair. There was a little old lady on the other side of the floor who needed a seat to sit down. <laughs> and um, and so I you know, gave her one, basically. Do you? And, I mean, you're a little younger than us, Jamie. But, like, I remember, I think I was in, like, the fifth or sixth grade and and playing some level of basketball. And when that happened, I remember coming home and my father telling me about the Bobby Knight chair incident. And for a kid, that was so hard to process. But it was it was huge news. Right. It was the biggest news in in sports when when he throws the chair across the court, the absolute biggest story uh, out there. And it lasted for a long, long time. And it, of course, 
it never left his uh, his overall legacy. But that was golly when that thing when that thing happened, it's like, did, did you hear about Bobby Knight? He threw a chair across the floor. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and I and I think too, guys. I think you know, Bobby and and Bobby Knight is like everything has changed so much. And 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 I know we got to hit a timeout here, but Bobby Knight has changed, uh, or everything has changed so much in college athletics. Bobby Knight was the head coach at Indiana from 1971 until 2000. That is 30 years. Mm-hmm. You you just that's it's gone. Like there might still be people here and there whom are, but like that age of he's the coach. You know yeah. that's our coach. He's been here for two decades. We're not seeing it anymore. It's over. K. Beheim, Roy Williams. Yeah. yeah, that those aren't happening anymore. No. Not in, not in, I mean, there is one sport, I mean, that I'm aware of, I guess, uh, I guess one sport that's visible, that's bigger, uh, that still has some of that and it's college baseball. Um, right, Mike? I mean, you, you yeah, know, guys no. who've been, been get college, not just in the SEC, but all, just wherever, all over, all over the country. Yeah. Outside of that, it's, it's, I will it's tell not, you, not, not men's basketball, not college football. No. And, and coaching baseball, while it is very difficult, the drama that you deal with on a baseball roster is entirely different than football and basketball. Mm-hmm. It just is. I've been yeah. around all three my most of my adult life <laughs> and my entire career, and it's night and day. Night and day. R.I.P. to Bob Knight, 83 years old, passed away yesterday. All right, uh, we will step aside when we return. What's up first here? What did I see? Oh, a drive around the SEC coming up. Presented by our friends at Love Chevy. Look at that fine, jacked-up white uh, Chevy Silverado in the inside the Gamecocks, the show logo on the screen. You want one? Good time to buy one. I know that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Love Chevy. We can't thank them enough. Can't thank you enough. Don't go anywhere. Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. It's JB. And as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. 
Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. It's now time to take a drive around the SEC. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Twelve twenty-eight Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Co., Mikey, take us away, my man. Yeah, let's uh, let's start off with the actual poll that matters. It finally came out on Tuesday, the playoff poll, right? This is the one that we've been waiting for. This is what we've all been uh, anticipating, excited about. It's really going to be a lot more exciting when this is a 12-team playoff, quite honestly. Uh, but you saw the top five, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, uh, Jamie, you and I were talking about the, you know, hypotheticals, I guess, on uh, mm-hmm. on Tuesday's show. And I, the thing I told you then is I said I wouldn't be surprised if the committee makes a point of Georgia and Michigan's lack of schedule. And that's pretty much what they did by putting Ohio State. That's a true strength of schedule play. There's nothing more scientific about that than that. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because Georgia's about to hit their gauntlet, Right. I mean, they are that Missouri, Ole Miss at Tennessee. Uh, they might break a sweat against Georgia Tech, but th- th- that those next three games that tells you Georgia will have plenty on their resume. Oh, by the way, an SEC championship game as well, uh, with the opponent being Alabama or LSU that happened to play this weekend. More on that in a moment. But uh, for those that have been insisting it's a down year in the SEC, how many times have we heard that this year, guys? Oh, it's a down year in the SEC. SEC is it's just not that good this year and blah, 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 blah. Well, for a down year in the SEC, the top 17 of the college football rankings is awfully full of the SEC. You've got Georgia number two. You've got Alabama number eight. You've got Ole Miss number 10. You've got Missouri number 12. LSU at 14, and Tennessee at 17. Oh, by the way, the two teams that will enter the league next year, Texas at 7, Oklahoma at 9. So you add all that up, that's eight of the top 17 teams in the college football rankings are from the Southeastern Conference. 
Oh, everything is relative. Is it a down year from the for the SEC in the middle of the pack? I kind of think I would I would agree with that. But stack it up to the middle of the Big Ten, woeful. Stack it up to the middle of the Big Twelve. I mean, the ACC. Oh no! Like there, it's just it's not SEC homerism. It just is what it is. Like it's a it's a year after year. It's the deepest league in college football. Uh, this year in a four team playoff, obviously the team that everybody is uh, kind of pinning their hopes on is Georgia to make it from the SEC. If you had the 12 team playoff, Alabama would also be in. Um, but with the current format, remember they would take the top six champions, conference champions. So you wouldn't have as many SEC teams as you would think. If they just went one through 12 and you included Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC in next year's 12 team playoff under this kind of setting here would be one, two, three, four, five, six of the 12. Half of the field would be from the SEC. Pretty crazy, huh? Can I can I add to that too? Please. Five of those 12 would also be from the newly formed Big Ten. So you'd have a, a you'd have the SEC Big Ten challenge essentially in college football, yes. which is where it's heading anyways. As we which is know. kind of where it's headed anyway. Which is why the rest of the people around the sport are like, please don't do that <laughs> because <laughs> because that just perpetuates itself and makes it harder and harder for the other leagues to compete. Quite honestly, um, not to mention you've got Clemson and Florida State playing footsie with other leagues by the way for the people that reported that as if it was fact uh, what was that like six weeks ago what's happened nothing nothing Nothing. yeah okay uh moving along take a look at wait who did report that as fact there are people that reported it as if this was a major story major i talked to a guy who knew a guy oh i know nothing nothing's happened i'm not saying it won't happen Stood on top of the mountain and told everybody two years ago. He told everybody this because he knows everything. Hey, I, guess what? I can report that a hurricane is going to hit the state of Florida. Yeah. Now it might not be for another year and a half, but I'll, I'll be right eventually. Like that's that's you're not you're not telling me you're not breaking any news. You're not really. Goodness gracious! Oh man! All right. Uh, the slate of SEC games coming up. We got Texas A and M at Ole Miss. We're going to have this on the Salsaritas Fab Five. I'm still trying to figure out how Ole Miss is only a three-point favorite, but as Lee Corso likes to say, somebody knows something, right? Uh, that'll be at noon on ESPN. ESPN 2 at the same time, Arkansas, Florida. Uh, Sam Sixpack could really use a victory, 0-5 in the SEC. The Gators are a six-point favorite in that one. If you're Billy Napier, piece of advice, do not lose that game because you still got LSU and Florida State. Coming off a blowout loss to Georgia without its best player, don't don't lose to 0-5 Arkansas. Uh, Georgia-Missouri, you know, on paper this sounds like a terrific game, and then you look at the spread, and it's like Georgia's a 15-point favorite. That just shows you where Georgia is in comparison to most of this league. Everybody. Auburn at Vanderbilt. Oh, Vanderbilt. Auburn a 12.5-point favorite um, on the road. I, I don't know what else to say about Vanderbilt at this point. Uh, Kentucky's at Mississippi State. Kentucky's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That game, I'm not going to say it's juicy, but it's interesting in that I don't really have a feel on it one way or another. Like, I that, could certainly see Mississippi State winning at home. That game goes back and forth. The home team usually wins. That's They're permanent opponents right now. Uh, mm-hmm. That's their, They play each other every year, but uh, – uh, 
Zach Arnett. I think I think Zach Arnett needs to win this game, man. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that they're going to punt after one year, but you know a lot of the stuff I'm reading out of Starkville is that this is very temporary if they don't turn if they don't start winning. You know, he took a chance in that rather than just what a lot of former defensive coordinators that just got bumped up in this case due to a tragedy. He took a chance and said, no, I'm going to completely revamp the offense. People in Starkville started to embrace. Now, look, in fairness, Mike Leach's offense didn't do that good against really good defenses. They struggled. uh, They couldn't run. They were predictable, and that would always draw criticism. But they beat a lot of teams that they were supposed to beat, and every now and then would spring an upset or two. Remember Mm -hmm. the, 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 the win over LSU? Uh, the year after Joe Burrow during COVID, that's how Mike Leach, Mike Leach's uh, era kind of started in Starkville. Um, he had A and M's number too. Yeah, he, he just yeah, that was left over from Texas Tech where he had their number there too. That's right. That's right. So, I, but my point is, is that he could have just stayed with that kind of. There's plenty of other coordinators out there that know air raid principles, and in a way that would have been a safer play, but. Knowing Zach Arnett, he's like a lot of other defensive coordinators. They don't like play, having a defense that's constantly on the field. And that's what you get. That's the, the downfall of the air raid. It's either three and out or it's score a touchdown in two plays in 67 seconds. And so that means your defense is really working overtime. Uh, UConn, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> LSU at Alabama. Uh, that'll be the primetime game. This this is such a classic, classic matchup. And I'll tell you this. As a, as a Heisman voter, there are two guys right now that would be on my ballot that I'm not sure would be on a lot of others. One of them is Jaden Daniels. There's not a quarterback in the country that has played better this year than Jaden Daniels. But they've lost two games. I know. He played well in the two games they lost, too. It's 25 touchdowns, three picks, 2,573 yards. He runs. He makes big plays. He's When he gets hurt, he doesn't – I mean, he's he's back out there. He's a gamer. I don't think you could ask much more out of Jaden Daniels. The other one, by the way, is Carson Beck. If Carson Beck balls, I mean balls against Ole Miss, Tennessee, and this Saturday against Missouri, don't be surprised if you start hearing more and more hype for Carson Beck as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Just saying. Uh, and, of course, uh, Jacksonville State at South Carolina. Gamecocks versus Gamecocks on ESPNU. Jack State 7-2. and two. That's a great place to do a game. I've only been there once, and that was the year that the FCS did the playoff in the spring because of COVID. And so Cole Kublick and I did the game. I can't remember who they played. They... they uh, they won, um, but it's a great football town, as you would expect in Alabama. And it got me thinking: if you're the FCS, boy, oh boy, wouldn't it be tempting to just play your season in the spring? And you would, I take an FCS game in in mm-hmm. April over an XFL USFL game any day of the week. And I think most college football fans would. Oh, I, I enjoyed that when they played in the spring. Uh, it's great. All the, the Ivy League, the. the FC, most of all of SES, the HBCUs played. Um, we enjoyed spring football around here. Uh, when they yeah. That, so, yeah. No, I, I, it would be a, a shrewd move. The coaches, from what I got gathered, they don't like it. Uh, the weather is an issue for a lot of those schools playing games in like, you know, February, March. 
Um, and some of them are just creatures of habit. Football's made to be played in the fall. I ain't playing no ball in the spring. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it's true. You know. And I can't disagree with I can't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying, selfishly as a fan, I'd love to see and, it in the spring. Yeah, FCS. Yeah, you, you had the nail on the head too. There's a lot of cold weather, uh, big time FCS program. Like Montana yeah. is uh, Eastern Washington, the Dakotas schools. I mean, it gets bone chilling cold. Bone chilling cold. <laughs> and, there, and you know. Playing in the snow once a year is cool. Playing in it like eight eight of your regular season games not cool. Yeah, that, that's yeah, not cool. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> even even here in Illinois, you got southern and eastern and western. Uh, I would not want to be outside uh, on the prairie in February here. No, not at all. No. Anyway, that is your love Chevy drive around the SEC. Vanderbilt, poor Vanderbilt. They poor this is their twenty first losing season. In the last 24 years, since 2000, 21 of 24. Give you all you, all my fellow friendly Gamecock fans. How would you like to have a losing record? 21 of the last 24 years. Yeah, Gamecock only had, had six losing seasons since 2000. They had Jay Cutler, and say what you will about Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was a first round draft pick for a reason. He was an incredibly talented quarterback. Uh, and and that that if I'm not mistaken, that was the Bobby Johnson era. And Bobby Johnson was a good coach, did some good things at Vandy. But I don't think Jay Cutler ever played in a bowl game at Vandy. He didn't. Uh, it's it a was tough job. The, the next year, like they like they they finally got to a bowl in 08 under Bobby Johnson, and then yep. um, they're only one. That was he was kind of like his his tenure at Vandy was similar to Sylvester Crooms at Mississippi State. I mean it it took him four or five seasons to get them right but then he left james franklin uh, a lot of good young players uh because remember he he retired over the summer robbie caldwell had that one year uh was the interim and uh and then they brought in franklin and franklin won you know six nine and nine before going to penn state up there was amazing uh that was during the spur era at south carolina so we don't i don't think we appreciate that enough <laughs> um you know that what, what, what franklin would did in those three years at vanderbilt was no sort of amazing well they and look james franklin the, the the story is yet to the final chapter of of his folklore at penn state has yet to be written uh i would advise him to finally beat either michigan or ohio state at some point that that kind of needs to be done uh, but I don't think he was going to keep it up at Vanderbilt. Like that—that's the old—the old fallback line. I hear people say, "Well, heck, James Franklin took him to back-to-back." Blah blah blah. Uh, he did it, but it's not happening again. And he wasn't going to do it again. He had the perfect storm of good, good enough players, an NFL wideout here, an NFL linebacker there, a solid quarterback, and Jordan Rodgers, and 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 they and the East was quite honestly down. We've talked about that a number of times. Um, but that's that's almost impossible to replicate, no matter who the coach is. Twenty-one I, losing seasons. Any guesses as to who has the second most losing seasons in the SEC since two thousand? Probably Tennessee or Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Uh, Twelve. Kentucky, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kentucky. Tennessee is still not. I mean, they, they, they it, Tennessee. Tennessee well, has the fourth if, most if in the league. Nine. If it's two thousands, yeah, because they they it's went through a losing period. Since 2000, uh, Tennessee has nine losing seasons. That's more than South Carolina, Alabama, Missouri, A&M, Florida, Auburn, Georgia, LSU. And, and how Keep did in that mind, happen? Though, the, the Bama number is tricky 
because they had they had wins taken away for cheating. So they technically have five <laughs> losing seasons since 2000. Yeah, oh, I don't, I don't play that. The old vacated. Uh, yeah. Ten, Tennessee is – when you go back and it looks like they've finally gotten out of that quagmire. Um, mm. But if you go back and you look at everything they did, at one point they were paying – they were paying three football coaches at one time. Two of them fired, and the and the and the current coach. They had three foot three basketball coaches on the payroll, and two or three football coaches on the payroll. If you're the AD of Tennessee, you're stroking checks to like a half a dozen fired coaches every month. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, they they made one bad move after another after another after another. I mean, bad with a capital B. To the point where they got so desperate that they thought Phil Fulmer would be the answer. He's a true Tennessee guy. He's a former player. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he brought you Jeremy Pruitt, which is one of the most embarrassingly bad hires in the history of, of the SEC. Fiasco. So, it was an absolute fiasco. So, you know, things have finally stabilized. Water finds its own level. Uh, at least it has in Knoxville. But, it, it again, it shows you, like, nobody is indestructible. You can, you can really descend – uh, at some point, and look, Tennessee's always been a more difficult job in my in my um, opinion than some of the heavyweights in, in in the SEC. It doesn't have the recruiting grounds uh, that Georgia, Florida, I mean, even Alabama um, has. So it's not like Tennessee; it's their birthright to you know be a national championship contender every year. I I don't know if that's necessarily true. Fulmer had a good stretch. But he also had a stretch where he beat Spurrier in Florida. And they didn't just fire him because, you know, one day he didn't meet the, the weight requirement. They fired him because the program was starting to, it was starting to trend south. It was, it was trending downward. Uh, I, would, I would actually defend the firing of Phil Fulmer. What it's hard to defend is so many of the moves they made after that. Well, yeah, Link, Link Kevin leaving after a year hurt, hurt them. Killed too. him. Because they were that 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 coaching staff he had was like a a bunch of rock star recruiters, including one Ed Orgeron was on that staff at Tennessee for one year, and uh, and they he not only left for Southern Cal, he took all those guys with him, except his brother-in-law David Reeves, he didn't he didn't go, but uh, that uh, the rest of them did, and uh, and then so Tennessee scrambles, they go hire Derek Dooley. The dude, and that was just a high Awful. comedy. Now, funny guy, hilarious guy to listen to. Uh, I loved. I, wa- I watched almost all of his press conferences, uh, partly because it was sadistic, because they were losing. But I, <laughs> I had no idea what, what, what he was going to say. You know, he'd sit there and bring up Rommel and World War Two, and uh, you know, and he he, called, he said Marcus Lattimore was running through him like Secretariat one day after they lost in Columbia, and then he had that weird. But he'd break his back and had to be in a wheelchair and coach with his orange pants on, and he wore the orange. I mean, it was, and, and then and just when I thought you can't replace Derek Dooley with anybody that's more cartoonish, they go and hire Butch Jones, Champions of Life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go and, to Jeremy Pruitt, and then, which yeah, makes and which Jerry makes Pruitt. Butch Jones look like Newt Rockney. Stage. Butch, but Butch at <laughs> yeah. least got him. Butch got Butch had two top ten recruiting classes and got him close. Uh, they couldn't be Butch couldn't beat Vanderbilt. That, that was his big problem. He couldn't beat Vanderbilt. Right. Derek Mason right. owned him. 
Darren Mason, who's probably probably yeah. one of the worst coaches in the history of the SEC. Uh, just to, you know, because Franklin, I was in Nashville at the time. Franklin left Derek a, a pretty good football yeah. team, and, and he proceeded to change everything and uh, go zero and eight in the SEC his first his first year. But even yeah, boy, man. he beat Tennessee though. He would he he, 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 he he somehow something somehow those guys played well when they played Tennessee. Um, and then Pruitt comes in, and, and then you had the, the coaching search leading up to Pruitt was just oh my goodness insanity. I mean, they, they were about and they were about to hire Mike Leach. Um, and if Florida search had, had Chip Kelly or Scott Frost taken Florida, Tennessee would have actually ended up with Dan Mullen. That That's search. right. He was going to take right. that job. And you have to think if you're them, Dan would have probably done a pretty good job. There, and, right? and by the way, the AD who they summarily kicked out of there, who did hire Shiano, uh, Rutgers is actually good again. Like yeah. they're respectable. Like Shiano can coach. I, I don't care what anybody says. Is he is he likable? Is he this or that? Like that that met, that hire was a hell of a lot better than Jeremy Pruitt, which is who Phil Fulmer made. I I, I will never forget this. The first year that Tennessee had Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, we go out there to do a game. I think it was me and uh, Barrett Jones, former Alabama offensive lineman. So we always meet with the coaches on Friday, and and you sit down, you're at a table, and it's it's him, and then eventually it's the coordinators and a couple players. And I, I've, I've done this so many times now. A lot of it just kind of blurs together, and nobody really stands out. I just I sat there for 30 minutes, and I honestly I kept thinking, is this guy really an SEC head coach? I, I mean, we're just sitting there, and it's like I couldn't believe that this was the man they hired for an SEC job. There's a lot of SEC coaches that didn't work out and got fired, but you understood the hire, and they were intelligent people, and they had a, a, a track record of success, and it all made sense. That made no sense whatsoever. None. And it was – I can't imagine if you sat down and you interviewed him for an hour, two hours, three – I mean, some of these interviews asked – last for like an entire day you walked away and said oh yeah this is the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land uh, then and then oh, oh by the way he cheated his ass off and got you in trouble but but beyond that he was just awful just awful it is twelve forty-eight. we need to step aside for our final time out of hour two gamecocktraditions.com will keep you warm it's going to be chilly saturday morning at williams bryce stadium GamecockTraditions.com. Gamecock Traditions, of course, in West Columbia. Stop in today and get those kids bundled up before they get out there and they start crying about how cold they are, and then you have to leave the game early. Nobody wants that. GamecockTraditions.com. Hang tight. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. 
visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cole Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Final segment, hour two inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back. Mike Morgan, part of Power Hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays around here, brought to you by the very not handsome Brian Spencer and Palmetto uh, Medicare. Quickly here, we'll get to the Fab Five coming up in hour three. Gamecocks climb back and win last night in an exhibition over Walford, 60 to 57. Dear God, don't read the message boards. The season is already over. They haven't even <laughs> off. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Fire Lamont Paris. JC has been lying to us once again all offseason. The world is coming to an end. Ray Tanner needs to come pick up the dog crap out of my yard, and I got a flat tire this morning. I have no other life other than to complain all day long on a message board on deaf ears. Um, the, it's Lamont Paris, though, has been uh, working to get all these guys – in there and try to figure out rotations. Mike, you've been around basketball. You call college basketball. You know it inside and out. You know all of these coaches. You've gotten to learn how they do things. And you have this thing, and it's been widespread for quite some time in college hoops before it became really popular in the other sports. It's called the transfer portal. And when you get a bunch of transfers, you got to figure out how it all fits. And that's kind of the phase that they're in right now in Columbia. Yeah, uh, one of the I was at SEC Media Days a few weeks ago, and one of the key stats I thought that Lamont has was that last year his entire roster had 122 combined starts. This year they have 480. 
Yep. That's what the portal can do. Um, Great stat. Yeah. They weren't prepared for the portal last year. Uh, when I say prepared, just it, it, it rarely can a coach come right in and just start plucking players from other programs when the other schools have a little more uh, stability in that area. And as Lamont and other coaches have told me, quite frankly, it comes down to money. It's not about getting, uh, you know, mama really loves our relationship and feels good about her son spending four years at this fine institution with me as like a father figure. That's what it used to be like for a lot of recruiting. It's not how it is today. Um, so, and from what I understand, they are more equipped to spend money in the portal. Thanks, JC. Uh, to, yeah, exactly. Uh, gracias, Senor Sherbert. Um, they, the, the transfers that they brought in, I think, will all be impactful. And as I've said before, with with all due respect to Gigi Jackson, who I hope has a great NBA career, they will be better without that situation. That was a a just almost an impossible coaching situation where you have your first year, you don't have much talent. And you have this one McDonald's All-American who probably has 100 people in his ear every week saying, man, you're the man. you got to shoot the ball every time. Don't be listening to everybody else. Uh, that's what happens. I, I, I've seen that enough times to know. And, and, J, and, and Gigi's not a bad dude. Like I had a chance to talk to him a number of times. He was a good kid, from, comes from a good background, good family. But the, what, what goes on for that type of athlete um, so it's almost, I don't want to say it's uncoachable, but it's very hard and you're just going to have a more connected group. That's the word. If you want to go back and you look at teams that have success in college basketball, obviously it's talent, but if it was all about talent, John Calipari would be sitting on 10 national titles instead of one at Kentucky, by the way, a scathing article by Kyle Tucker, the athletic on the, uh, the, the recent lack of success for Cal in terms of postseason. That's a good read. If you just like college basketball. Um, but connected are the teams that do well in terms of getting to the postseason and in the postseason. They were not a connected bunch last year with Gigi Jackson. This year, I think they'll be more connected, and hopefully that overcomes uh, some of the talent deficiencies, because make no mistake about it, they're not going to be top half of the league talent-wise. And I don't think they're going to finish top half. But here's the thing. I guarantee you there's going to be at least one team from that second half that will be an NCAA tournament team. Because there's 14 teams in the league, and I think the league gets eight teams in the in the field this year. So maybe you fight for that eighth slot. By the way, just a quick little SEC. There are 93 players on NBA rosters from the Southeastern Conference. That's more than any, any other league in pro basketball. Whoa. They've had more first round <laughs> Right? Nope. Most people wouldn't know that. Um, tell your friends in the Big Ten and the ACC. Uh, more first-round picks the last three years, more second-round picks the last three years, more overall picks the last three years, and no league has more bids to the NCAA tournament the last five years. It's a damn good league, folks. It ain't what it used to be. Um, and everybody cares. Everybody gives a you-know-what. Fan bases don't just go, ah, we're just a football school, or ah, we'll just wait for baseball season. Nope. This is the varsity. It's not the JV. You try to be good at everything you compete in, especially the second highest revenue sport <laughs> that exists in college athletics. Women's basketball loses $5 million a year. Men's basketball makes a profit. So, yeah, it's pretty important. Yeah, some people yesterday were surprised when Phil and I mentioned that, and I know we're out of time, but 
that Phil and I mentioned that the Gamecock women lost $4 million last year. They're like, I thought that was a profit sport. I'm like, oh, no. no. It's actually yeah. five, but that's, that's a whole other thing. I mean, you're spending yeah. a week in France for one game. Yeah, God, that's landed. fantastic. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, a, what a treat that is. Yep. I mean, it um, – yeah, exactly. Can we do that here at ITG? Do we have that in the coffers? Can we? We do. We do. Uh, that we... would uh, probably mean that Juice Wells will transfer out if he decides to come back to college football, but we could do it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I got you. Wow. Wow. All right. Wow. Uh, might, they... might lose Juice Wells, but we get to be in front of Oh, you know? I don't think that would do much for the popularity of this show, which is going very well so far. So. I don't yeah. want to. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I want, I want to dig into this basketball team last, uh, performance last night. Though I got some thoughts about that. Sure. Too. Yeah. Hey, by the way, to Mike's point, nine juniors, seniors, and grad students on this men's basketball team. So you know, if you're looking for experience, it's there. And I think that was Matt Anderson's point yesterday. He he likes where they stand. So. They'll play better and, ball. Yeah, they and, will. You, and when you get to the if you get to the tournament, older teams tend to do that's well. right. Yeah, that's right. Got to hit, got to hit shots. We're out of time. Hour three, Power Hour. Mike Morgan coming up. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my home. These 
Capitol Moment. shot a Greenville in there than that, you know, Chamber of Commerce contrived bridge that they constructed downtown. Well, I look, here's the thing. I've only gotten two. I've asked everybody, whatever small town you're from in South Carolina, to send me an email with a photo of your hometown, and we'll put it in there. All right, and nobody's chose to do it except for two people. So I've got that. I've got that. Uh, I've got that working. But you know, you know, if you don't want to shout out your hometown, if you're not proud of where you're from, that's fine. We don't have to include it. But if you are proud of where you're from, then we'll include it. It's pretty simple. There's a lot of you around here that beat your chest about uh, where you're from, but yet you won't send us an email with a picture of it. Are you, are you scared? Is Abbeville gone downhill? Is it that bad now? What about Rock Hill? Is Rock Hill just a dump? No. Who can we piss off in here? Come on. Let's, Rock Hill's doing North very Augusta? well. Well, I hear North Augusta sure is a you-know-what hole these days. Nobody wants any pictures coming out of there. Oh. Based on the Fab Five entries, we've got listeners from everywhere spots. Uh, I know. <laughs> because no, nobody wants zip to send us we know. That's one of, the, one of the great things about Carolina Rise that, that I do because I, I got everybody in the spreadsheet, so I – I see where everybody's from, uh, and I'm always kind of interested. And in, 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 there's still people in these little towns across the state. Trust me. Yeah, like Johnsonville. What a dump. Yeah, uh-huh. see, Craig. Yeah, we got you popping now, right? See, now we're smoking them out. You were smoking them out. That's, that's how you do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. North Augusta. What a dump that place. Is. I'm talking what? to you, honey. A path. Man, I was da- <laughs> downtown <laughs> Fort do Mill. <laughs> I was flying out of Charlotte and had to go to the post office before I did. I was downtown Fort Mill, uh, I guess a couple months back. And uh, it's nice. I mean, these, these little Woodruff in Spartanburg County, apparently. Oh. My, one of our friends is moving, has moved to Woodruff. He's getting remarried. We talk about him all the time, me and Phil. Uh, and he's, he's moving to Woodruff. And he said Woodruff, uh, their downtown area, they got brew pubs and little shops and stuff. So uh, as the bigger – as the bigger cities grow and get unlivable in South Carolina because they're so tight because everybody's moving there, these I think these little towns are going to have a resurgence because you know, how they exist is, guys, the textile industry built a lot of these little places. And that industry sort of went belly up a while back. 
Mm-hmm. And the economy in South Carolina has changed. It's still a robust economy, but it's hurt the little towns. Well, now, as the state gets more populated, these little towns are going to become more and more attractive because people you, – you don't move to South Carolina to sit in traffic. I mean, you know, that's just not, that's just not uh, what you do. And Charleston, Greenville, Columbia – uh, Columbia is the slowest of the growth, but it's still a lot more crowded than it used to be. And so kind of the Columbia moves for, way for, better than Charleston does. It's not yeah. even close. It's not for even a lot of, a lot of Gen Xers like our, our age and our generation moving to getting out of one of those little towns is going to start being more and more attractive. So you wait, there will be a re- renaissance. Uh, for well, some if, of these places. if you move out to the country and you need to soup up the back porch, it's Palm casual and, Somerville, 350 Holiday Drive. There's another place that's gotten crowded. That's why they're out in Lincolnville and stretching out to St. George and everywhere in between. Palm Casual, also Palm Casual, of course, in Mount Pleasant. Um, If you could find a better value in patio furniture or don't want it within 30 days, full refund, no questions asked. Here you go. That's it. That's it. Nothing. You found a better price. We can't get there. We got it. Uh, thanks to Aaron and those guys for what they have made my back porch look like. I can tell you it's beautiful, and we've got Thanksgiving here this year. We've got the Bradford Christmas party, which is a disaster every year, but um, we need to have nice stuff for them to sit on, and uh, they luckily have made us. Did you guys get an it. invite from Jamie? I didn't I didn't get we, mine in the mail. Well, you have to. No, it's, it's a neighborhood thing. Oh, it's a neighborhood okay. thing. Oh, it's a neighborhood oh. thing. So we make it easy. No it's kids. A neighborhood thing. It's the only party with no kids. Kids and uh, the parents can walk and they leave. And generally, they don't leave until it's way past all of our bedtimes. Well, that so, sounds uh, like my kind of soiree. Apparently, uh, you don't know my reputation here, Jamie. I'm not bringing well, kids with me, and I'm certainly not afraid of the odd hours of the night. Well, you're welcome to walk here from Atlanta, Mike. <laughs> it's, you know, that's, that was well, I didn't expect kid. you to bring a, a limo to my door to well, transport. All right. Yeah. They're coming in now. Thanks, Jan. Jan's got some photos coming in from Conway, South Carolina. Yeehaw! Uh, all right, there you go. There you, go. G, you can always count on Jan, man. He's yeah, Jan, Jan comes through, and uh, we 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 need you. We need you because uh, – and those who say, well, how, where, where can I get your email address? I don't know how many times I have to say this. That's what the Chief Sports app is for. Use your fingers, your brain, and your eyes, and you can find it pretty easily in there. Somebody who uses everything but his brain, apparently, is Brian Spencer with Palmetto. <laughs> dynamite intro uh marty uh yes brian spencer uh, the one thing he does use his brain for is is getting people the very best in their medicare plans don't listen to that uh, cranky old broad on those uh, uh, national spots. Martha, my goodness. I mean, do you really want to deal with those people? Of course not. You want to deal with somebody right there in South Carolina who's been doing it since 2005. Again, it's free to ask. Everything about this is free. <laughs> you're, not, you're not writing a check. You're not buying anything. You're just talking or meeting one-on-one with Brian, who for years has been helping South Carolinians get the most out of their plans, He'll check the premiums. He'll make sure you're getting the right prescription plans. Uh, I realize for some of you that aren't of that age, you know somebody of that age, and chances are they might not do this on their own. You know, as we get older, we get a little more stubborn, a little more set in our ways. So you can take the initiative and really do something nice. Do a solid for that family member that is in that age demographic. Palmetto-Medicare.com. The phone number is 803-960-9484. 
And yes, Brian is slightly better looking than the picture you see on your screen in the upper left-hand corner. Slightly. Not, we're not talking model material, and he, he can't, can't sing. He's not much of a golfer. Basically, he's on this earth to do one thing, and that's to take care of you and your family's Medicare options. <laughs> the words of Billy Madison. This guy can't even read. Can't, uh, man, I, don't, I don't know if he's literate. It doesn't matter, though. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay uh, if he can't. Good news and bad news. Good news uh, is uh, we respect where those of you that live outside of the state of South Carolina are. The bad news, our video is for the state of South Carolina. So, no, if you're uh, not in South Carolina, I'm sure you're proud of wherever you are, but we don't need your photos. I can show you a picture of JC with a six-pack on a back porch here in Atlanta. (laughs) You want to put that on the the montage? (laughs) I I think I got about seven cities worth of that photo, Mike. (laughs) uh, Yeah. The song is called Hold My Hand, Not Hold My Beer. <laughs> yeah. We do a yearbook of JC out on a porch uh, in various cities across the land and kicking back with a 12-pack of Natty Light and just, just listening to some tunes, mm-hmm. living his best life. Um, Willie uh, says, the last time I heard addition by subtraction was when Paul Feinbaum said our D would be better when Clowney was leaving and we haven't played D since. I can assure you. Uh, this situation with basketball in that situation are not well. Keep in mind, they didn't just lose Clowney. I mean, they lost a bunch of NFL dudes. Everybody's defenses. DJ Swearinger was on that team. Yeah, there's all kinds uh, of guys. Melvin Ingram, Feinbaum, known for his oh, yeah, Gilmore. Yeah, I, yeah. I well, I gotta <laughs> be careful what I say. I, I've been on Paul's show. I, I've, 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 I. He's a good person. Yeah. But if you're looking for like in depth. Breaking down the rosters of these teams—that's that's not what that show is all about. No, it's called entertainment. It's that's entertainment. Why, uh, it's it's the Alabama fan talking trash to Georgia fan, Tennessee fan talking trash to LSU fan, uh, and then some good guests sprinkled in between. That's that's the beauty of that show, and it goes on for four hours each and every day. And I do have respect for anybody who can do it four hours each and every day. That's that is that is not an easy thing to do. Gamecock basketball next on the floor, by the way, on Monday. That is their season opener against the alma mater of one J.C. Schubert, the Spartans of USC Upstate. I'm sorry. Jan hit it out of the park. Martha's glasses freaked me the hell out. Yeah, Martha's got to do something about those glasses, again, for those who have seen that commercial. Uh, I, I, I know J.C. had some thoughts on the game last night. I don't want to. Uh, go to ADD here because I want to hear what he has to say before I see these guys in person. Yeah, you know, I, I thought winning or losing, it doesn't matter. It's tough for this fan base to sometimes, if you lose a, an exhibition, to get over it because Frank lost a, a Augusta College in an exhibition one night and uh, people were on fire him. Um, so, <laughs> you know. Don't lose the, mean nothing. But, I mean, Wofford is not like your state. I mean, usually you play like a D2 school or something to get a little warm-up, but Wofford is not, uh, you know, not that. They're a solid basketball program. Um, so, good job coming back. Uh, I'll say I'll say this about this team. <clears throat> you know, nine for 30 from the field, Michi Johnson uh, from three-point land, and Michi Johnson going 0 for 7 from three-point land. Uh, that, they won't win many games if, if that, that happens. This team's going to have to – shoot three uh, at a high clip, uh, I think, this year. And Michi's got to be one of their better scorers. I mean, he, can't, he went over uh, last night. 
Um, Stute didn't shoot it all that well either. Stute's Stute. Is it Stute or Stute's Stute? Stute. Miles Stute. 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 Shoot. Stute. All right. It's like a Spurrier nickname for somebody named Stewart. Hey, Stewie. Stute. Stute. How you doing, Stute? Stute. Uh, Anyway. Ask the family. But uh, yeah, so I. you know that that would be that would be a concern. It's it's an it's an exhibition game. It's one game they they were missing, who I think will be at least their second best player, probably their best player, in freshman Colin Murray Boyles, who obviously is mono. I mean, can you write it up any better with these guys missing time with this all this athletic, this athletic program right now, starting with uh, baseball last year? I mean, can can, you, can it get? I mean, what, what what's next? What's next? What's next? I mean, but anyway, so, but he'll be back. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think, I think that'll help obviously, uh, with a lot of this and, and you know, there'll be a better team cause he is going to be really good. Um, and so th- th- those are my thoughts. Uh, I-, I thought, you know, fighting to come back and get the W, even though it wasn't, it doesn't count. It's always good. And if you look at their, I don't know, their, uh, uh, schedule, I, I think the non-conference schedule, uh, is uh, is doable. Uh, I think Lamont did a good job. Yeah, you know, Frank never got it as far as scheduling goes, and, and he—it's not that he didn't get it. He did what he thought was best, right? And um, it did—you know—he would schedule name teams, but you know, then all their guys would transfer and they'd beat them, and it wasn't a quality win and all this other stuff. So, so here, here's the deal. Here's what Lamont did. He kind of took a more scientific approach with the net ranking, which I'm not a fan of. I'll be honest. In the net, uh, I think the attentions were good, but I'm just I'm just not a fan of overhyping analytics and stuff like that. Um, but with the net and, and how you have to, you know, work it, it is you have these quad games, right? And and so I think playing doing things like going to East Carolina, you know, East Carolina comes to Columbia, that's probably a quad four game, quad three at best, even if they have a great team. But on the road. It could sneak into that quad two, quad three category. Uh, playing like Grand Canyon on a neutral court. Grand Canyon is home of the Clapper now. Uh, one Bryce Drew. Uh, well, they went. They made the tournament last year. I mean, playing them on a neutral court and DePaul on a neutral court. You know, if if, if, if you if you had them come to Columbia, maybe it's a three. Well, now that's, that may be a two. DePaul. Who knows? DePaul's not very good, but uh, it, it still could be a three. They're in the Big East. They'll have a good strength of schedule. You know, at Clemson, Virginia Tech and Charlotte on a neutral court, that could be a quad one, even though Virginia Tech's probably not going to have their best team this year. Mike Young's a hell of a coach, and we know that they're always tough. Um, Yeah, so I look at it, and I'm like, well, you know, this is – he kind of scheduled it to where you can run up some wins, but the wins, unlike some of the Frank years when, you know, like the year they missed out and started 15-0, where everybody on the schedule had a name but was had a bad year, like St. John's, Memphis, those guys. Uh, unlike that, that year, I think, uh, heck, I, I think I think this could be a sneaky good net ranking type non conference schedule. And and then the in, and then in the conference, you know, obviously the better your non conference wins, uh, and the better the conference is, the deeper it is, the more your chances are uh, of getting in at the end of the day. So. That's kind of my big picture take on Lamont and his team this year. But they're going to have to shoot it better. But uh, I, I, they're certainly capable of doing so. The only thing I would add to, to that, and it's well said, uh, JC, and, and to your point, Jamie, um, 
when you when you're a portal team, which quite frankly most teams in college basketball are, but this is to a different extreme because you didn't have a lot of just proven talent coming back other than Michi. Um, th- this is not going to happen right away. So you're, you're going to see some losses where people will rush to the keyboards. Uh, to, oh, we're going to be terrible again. Um, no, this is not, not necessarily the case, but you're going to see some losses in November, December, where if you take it, uh, you take it out of context, you're going to be disappointed and think that the sky is falling. That's not going to be the case. And unfortunately, uh, for a lot of SEC teams, this is the reality. Like you'll, if you check scores, I think most fans don't do that like they do with football. They just look at their own team. But if you look at the the scores around the league in November, December, most of these schools get get bit by somebody. You're like, how the hell did that it's, happen? The answer is because it's basketball. Well, it is. Yeah, it is November. The, the, the I like the Mike when the season started around Thanksgiving or maybe like the fifteenth. Right. Turkey before hoops has I, been something I, I have preached for decades. TBH. And, and it hurts schools in the SEC in particular because, like, teams, schools in the Big East in their 6,000 seat arenas and only basketball is the only game in town. I mean, they're, they're showing up and yelling and they don't give a crap at this November. But down south, I mean, there's so much football in November. Yeah. It's just so big everywhere. It's hard to get into basketball that early. That's right. Uh, and, and these teams do it, and, and you'll see it. You'll, you'll see an old Miss lose to, like, Holy Cross uh, in front of a half-empty arena. Uh, and, and then Ole Miss goes on and has a good year. And, and, and that's another reason why I hate the net ranking, because the net counts these November games just as much as uh, as, as, as your March games. And it used to be that your, your teams that finished pretty well will get on the bubble on the right side of the bubble easily. But with the net, it's just like it. They're, they're, it's it's too robotic. I think they probably should tweak it, but they're pro- but they're not. They're not going to. Uh, if you're going to make these guys play in November, uh, and 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 you know before the season actually should be starting, then um, you know the, the, then you need to be a little more fair about it. But uh, you know, it, and what that to this stupid early start, it, what's it was taken away is things like Christmas tournaments. Y'all remember Christmas tournaments? You remember yeah. as you have the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. tournament? My dad and I flew in 1986 to the Sugar Bowl Classic in New Orleans to see South Carolina play Vanderbilt and then play Houston or Villanova and then play Villanova. Raleigh Massimino. <laughs> got to see wow. him coach at the Superdome. Well, and they, 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 you know, I remember South Carolina one year went to the Sun Bowl tournament in El Paso. Um, you know, you, you, and, and the, those are just kind of gone. There, there's fewer they of t- them. They, take, week, they sure. take a week off for exams and a week That's off right. for Christmas. And so all your – I mean, you know – you really don't even get a chance to get playing and get the season going until January almost, because you're playing a bunch of games. Nobody cares about then December gets here and you're off for vast stretches of time. And the thing is those games that no one cares about, they all count. They all matter. If you're a bubble team, uh, I mean, hypothetically, let's just say that Wofford was a regular season game, which sometimes it is. Uh, If you lose to Wofford in November, or if you just happen to, we don't do this anymore, but back in the day, SEC teams would actually play an out-of-conference game in like February. And if you lost to all Wofford in February, it counts just as much or just as little as it did in November. That's, I mean, that hasn't changed. So all these mid-major coaches, they've, I mean, I've talked to them about it. They want to go to SEC schools in November, December because they know there's no crowd, there's no environment. It's a good way to clip somebody, pull off the upset, and and boost your your profile and your rankings and everything and everything else, 
but for the SEC school, and this was the thing that got Frank got all caught up sometimes in some stuff that are just, if you are an SEC basketball coach and you're trying to, you're going to get all bent out of shape because your fans don't show up in November, December when you take on mid-major teams, that is a losing battle. Don't worry about it. And all the billboards up around the state of South Carolina are not going to help. If just you, you people like Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl, they get it. Like they, they don't sit there and obsess over the fact that football is more popular than basketball. You, you don't, you don't try to win that war. You're not going to. So just suck it up, coach your games that are half empty in November, December, win them, and then if you're good, people will pack it in January, February, and March. But don't don't sit there and, and win win battles you can't win in the SEC. If you want to get the salary that SEC coaches get and the overall advantages that SEC coaches get, then don't bitch and moan about the deficiencies that you have crowd-wise in November, December. It comes with the territory. Deal with it. Well said. Well said by the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan. Uh, couldn't have come from a better source here on, on our show, that's for sure. Man, um, I can't. Go ahead. Oh, I can't. I was gonna say I can't wait to. You know, we we taught basketball here last year, right? Uh, that was right when Jamie came on board. It was like basketball season, and um, but I can't wait for Mike to be part of this because I'm, yeah. I'm locked and loaded. My well, friend. see, uh, uh, JC and Morgan's a football show, so we we talk hoops some, but Very this little, is going to yeah. be a big treat for me to to listen to this guy. <laughs> That's Every true. Week, we uh, don't uh, SEC yeah. basketball. Yeah, and the thing, and the thing I'll say too about it, what's always bothered me too, when people underestimate how much Gamecock fans do support basketball, you don't have to be Final Four good for them to pack the house. I can't tell you how many games I was doing on radio back in the day, where the where the, and this is when Dave Odom had basically bubble teams. Dave Odom had bubble teams like four years in a row. Dave Odom was the ultimate bubble coach before it went southward. Uh, And those bubble teams in January, February, March for SEC games and Clemson, and if you schedule a really good out-of-conference team in like December, they'll pack it. And and TV announcers will come up to me and I'll say, man, Mike, this is one of the loudest arenas I've been to all year long. And now as a TV announcer, I tell other people, yeah, when the Gamecocks are halfway decent, it's one of the best home court environments. People don't complain about too many seats. People don't complain about the fact that it's also a concert hall. People don't They don't complain about anything. Because the fact right. of the matter is, when you put a good product on the floor, the Colonial Life Arena is a huge home court advantage. And Gamecock fans come out, they spend the money, they take time on a cold Tuesday or Wednesday night or a Saturday afternoon, and they go out there and they're all about it. So the whole notion that, well, basket, I don't care, that might be true for some, but not most. You just got to give them a decent pro- – I mean, hell, nobody cared about women's basketball in Columbia, South Carolina until Don Staley started having success. That's how it works. But a lot of fa- – it's in the DNA, go back to the Frank McGuire years. I mean, I used to talk to the quote-unquote old-timers – when I was emceeing tip-off clubs, you couldn't get tickets to the old Carolina Coliseum. You'd have to wait in line for hours to get a seat for when South Carolina played whomever, NC State, on a Thursday night. Uh, That's still there. It's just waiting to erupt. But the Gamecock basketball fan has been beaten into oblivion with some bad and mediocre basketball. To go to one NCAA tournament in 19 years as a Power 5, Power 6 program is unacceptable. And it's almost imaginable, quite frankly. But it will get turned around. I know it for a fact. Uh, And when it does, you will see the fan support and the conversation and the interest level 
get back to what it used to be. First home game coming up on November the 6th. They'll then play Virginia Tech in Charlotte. And then VMI, DePaul, and how about this? Notre Dame comes to town as part of the ACC-SEC challenge on November the 28th following Clemson Carolina football on November the 25th. Got to step aside for a timeout. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is served by Dixie Vodka. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. Company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take Tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time, 803-543-6297, 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, elliptigos, and more. 
proud partners of Carolina Rise, Inside the Gamecocks, and the Chief Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com, 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment, this holiday season. Final segment of the afternoon, one thirty. Fab Five time. What are the records from last week? Do you have those, Phil? I do. I do. You and Mr. Morgan went one and four. JC and I went three and two. All to culminate in this record here. Uh, Not that one. I, I had a resurgent week. I, th- I feel. Oh, yeah. We are nice. tightening the gap here, JC. We are. We are climbing back in this thing. Mike and I are now tied. Tied, wow. Yeah, back-to-back losing weeks. So this is why I don't gamble. Because in <laughs> September, right. when I had not one, but two 5-0s, and o's, two 5-0s in September, you start thinking to yourself, man, if I actually just put down a little, uh, you know, some stacks on that, I'd have a really good Christmas. Well, then you go back-to-back losing weeks, and you remember why you just you don't do it. Just for fun for us. But for somebody out there... For somebody such as our man Frank Buzlowski of West oh. Columbia. That's a good Tommy Boy name. Frank Buzlowski uh, oh. of Buzlowski Auto Parts. Yeah, that's right. Frank, congratulations, my man. Uh, you got yourself a free Fiesta pack. Uh, be, be getting an email here soon on how to hook up with Suki. Maybe even get that for your tailgate, one of these next four home games. Of course, Salsaritas. Uh, For those that don't win, the Fiesta Pack serves five to six people. Box is ready to go. Comes packed with tortillas, meats, toppings, chips, salsa, guac, queso. It's like a $55 value. They also have the Three Amigo bundles. Uh, They have catering for all over, no matter how big your party is, for home or wherever. Suki will take great care of you. And you can see Suki at the uh, Salsarita stand in the north end zone at williams Bryce Stadium. Shopping zone. South end zone, my bad, my bad. North, north, south, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. I stand corrected. Hey, can I add real quickly, one thing I didn't mention on the uh, Love Chevy Driver and the SEC, the Jerry Palm updated bowl projections. Remember last time it was South Carolina and what, the Gasparilla against Georgia State? Yes. Now it's South Carolina in the first responder bowl, December the 26th against Louisiana. That's so he's in, got uh, game 4-0 here. Or you could get in there with a five and seven. It has happened. It has happened. You got to fill all those bowl slots. But yes, let's let's uh, let's look at it from a positive oh, standpoint. Parents, parents, that's probably on me, dude, because Mike was out last week when we got the winner. So I'll forward your information to Mike for your Fiesta pack. Uh, Terrence, he's last week's winner. 
it's going to taste yep, yep. just as good as not better with that extra week of preparation for your taste buds. So, Terrence, we promise we'll get it out to you. Yep. Uh, Jamie will forward it. me the info. I'll forward your info to Suki, and everything will just come together in one big happy tortilla. I'm doing that right now. Let's see. T. By the way, this music was I'm in my head the other day for about six hours. And I loved every minute of it. I'm not complaining. That's right. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. That's, All I needed was a simple. You didn't know you needed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's get into business here, shall we? Uh, all the favorites won last week. I don't think that's going to happen this year, uh, this week. Let's start with Ole Miss, a three-point favorite against the Aggies. And we'll start with Mad Dog. Mad oh, Dog. Um, you know what? This is the only game that we'll be able to, you know, that we could possibly not push. Um, and I'm definitely... Stalling because I'm not really sure how. I, I kind of noticed that it has a stall feel well, to it. Yeah, you know, this is Ole Miss. I'm going Ole Miss. Let's take the home team. Let's take the home team to do better than a field goal over AM. All right, that uh, that extra time allowed Jamie to have a rapid response to his pick. Yeah, I'm. I, I like Ole Miss. Uh, it's it's three, right? Yeah, I like Ole Miss. Minus Ole three, Miss. correct. JC. Oh wait, no, I'm three three and a half, right? Oh, I, that was my bad. That was my bad. It's at three. three. Yeah, it's at three. We've got it up as three on the app. Yes, you folks out there participate. Well, on the app, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's three. It's good. Yeah. I wish I had a telestrator. I could just strike that out. That's in the budget for next year. Oh, okay. Right after we, right after we do the show from France. Yeah. Uh, JC. I was like three. Man, I was, I was sitting there thinking about taking A and M, even though I was. Woefully, woefully yellow? unimpressed with them last week against Carolina. Something tells me Ole Miss has got their eye on that Georgia game coming up. And you can't you can't go relax against the Aggies. Uh, man, it's tough. I'm going to go with Ole Miss too, though, because I, this is one of those where I'm, I'm overthinking it. Uh, and I'm thinking about scenarios. And A&M's offensive line is not that good. So the Ole Miss defense will play well at home. Um, and Ole Miss is very, very competent, obviously, uh, on, on, on offense, and I think they'll get enough. So they'll be man enough, the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm going to make it unanimous. Ole Miss minus the three. Uh, somebody knows something, and I get it. A&M, physically speaking, can more than handle their own against Ole Miss. In fact, that could be an edge for them. But I, I just I think Ole Miss is in a groove right now. Lane is yep. in a groove. Yeah. Jackson Dart is in a groove. Judkins is in a groove. Uh, I'm going Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, this would be their third one in a row, by the way, over A&M. Mm-hmm. That's how coaches get fired, isn't it? The road has not been kind this year to uh, Texas A&M. No, it has not. It certainly has not. Uh, Notre Dame is a three-point favorite at Clemson. Jamie. Notre Dame. Sam Hartman picks Clemson's defense apart. He'll do it again. Notre Dame wins. JC. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Irish because uh, I like my house. <laughs> and I like JC's house, too. Uh, I think uh, – what's my man in Spartanburg again? What's his name? 
Tyler. 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 Week for Tyler. I think Tyler lit a fuse. I I think he, he, oh. he, he Tyler has inspired Dabo's team to play better football. And quite honestly, I'm not entirely sold on Notre Dame, uh, nor am I entirely sold on their coach. So I'll take I'll take the points. I'll take Clemson at home plus the three. Notre Dame uh-huh. or Clemson Mike cannot win this game without Kate Klubnick playing exceptionally well. Do you think he'll play exceptionally well? Uh, no, but I don't agree with your premise. I don't think oh. he has. To, but uh, you're wrong. Yeah, well, right. of course I am. I, mean, I was one and four last week. I, I, well, so I, was I. Yeah, that's true. We're both wrong. That's uh, right. The answer is none of the above. Um, no, I, I don't think I don't. I don't expect Klubnick and those kind of ha- uh, random mediocre receivers to go off. I I think Clemson will will play good enough. Will amp it up uh, defensively. Uh, I, I, and so much of this game for me is really an intangible play as more than an X's and O play. I think if Clemson loses this game and they fall to four and five, um, there's going to be an aftermath there that I, I think will last for longer than like one week. Just just my thoughts on it. Well, this is this would be the first true. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, but this would be the ter- first true season changing. Like, we're not that good type of adversity they faced in 14 years, 2010. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, there's not no that they question. haven't faced adversity. They have faced Every team faces adversity at some point in time. I mean, this would be – they'd be under 500 going, yeah, we're just not that good. Like, we, you can't sell us that we're three touchdowns away from undefeated crap anymore. Like, we're just not that good. Hey, well, here's what I would – here's the number – here's a power number in the power hour. If they lose this game, that's five losses on the season. It wasn't that long ago Dabo and Clemson went five years with five combined losses. Think about that. Yeah. Shipley is in concussion protocol, though. I, yeah, that exactly. That's their best player on offense. Yeah, is he out? Not to mention that he's not he's, out. Not necessarily out. They say he's playing, but Dabo was like, well, Dabo. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about. I, I Dabo said yesterday he's been. He heard he's been cleared. He said, but I leave that up to them. I'm telling you, this is going. In my opinion, this is on Kate Klubnik's shoulders. This game is. He has to play really well. I, I just don't think it's. I don't think. It's well, Notre Dame's good on defense, and I mean, they, they Notre Dame did have some unfortunate injury. Their tight ends out for the year. Um, ACL, I think, or ankle break, broken or something. They better uh, he, hope he it was rains. a weapon. So, well, you got to bring your own guts if it rains. BYOG. Jay. I was going to say BYOG, right? Bring your own guts. This is their first BYOG since their last BYOG in 2015. Clemson could easily win this game. Uh, It's not out of the question that Notre Dame. You guys are killing me. I mean, I'm just picking them to cover three, and you're you're talking me out of this thing here. Can I also say one other thing on Clemson? uh, With all the the portal is not the only thing that's going on there. Like, I don't think that's going to solve everything when when Dabo does a 180 on the portal. the staff is not what it used to be, and as everybody can attest, you don't just replace that. Like, Venables don't just grow on trees, and he was there a long time. Uh, the offensive coordinators had continuity. And the other thing is, like, correct me if I'm wrong, JC, I mean, they're still bringing in big-time recruits, but they, you don't just get a generational – the two titles came with generational quarterbacks. Uh, D- 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 Deshaun Watson – 
and Trevor Lawrence. Like you can have top ten recruiting classes the next twenty years at Clemson and not have those type of talent, talented individuals at that position. So when you add all that up, it's not just the portal. Like they, there's a lot of things that have gone into Clemson falling off that high horse, and and I'm not sure if they're getting back on it anytime soon. Well, yeah. Uh, is it- Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, Go ahead JC. No, not, 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 not all recruiting rankings are uh, created equal. It's, it's, right. a, it's a 60%. It's just like the draft. I mean, they're like 60% accurate. So, you know, they've had some guys that have been highly rated that, frankly, have not, not panned out. You know, um, I do believe they continue to recruit at a very high level of defense. Uh, I think offensively, that that's kind of the that that's where they're they've missed on some guys, especially receiver. Uh, I like the two. I like Moffa and Shipley just fine. Are they as good as Travis Etienne? No. Uh, the offensive line continues to be a, a, a mystery. There, not very good most years. Uh, really wasn't all that great when they were winning national titles either. Uh, and then receiver is has gone from you know people were calling them receive wide receiver you. Yeah, they, they they got into an argument with Tennessee about that, um, and now I mean it's a bunch of average guys. South Carolina's receivers when they're healthier are ten times better. Than in in Power Five games this year against teams not named Syracuse, Clemson's offense averages seventeen points per game. No, they haven't been good. They haven't been good. And again, you know that's not Dabo's thing. He's not a play caller. So it's not like he can step into that room and rectify it with something he's done in the past. That's never been his thing. He's they got Garrett Riley. I mean, they got Garrett Riley, but they don't. They don't. You know, think they'd rather have Dow Loggins? I don't know. That's hard to say. I I think Loggins has done a hell of a job. I think he has too, man. I I mean, I people that are criticizing him, like I don't know what game you're watching. He's got got two hands tied behind his back with injuries, no offensive line. You lose your top receiver, and then the other one's banged up, and you're still sitting there at times putting points on the board and and moving the ball. That's not the issue. The issue's on the other side. Um, Three top receivers have been hurt. The Marion Brown, Xavier Leggett, and Yeah. All Uh, all right, we got to get the pick from Phil. Phil, you've had an hour to think about this. Who do you like? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All right, so we got. Uh, I'm 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 on an island on that one. That's okay. Right. I expected that. Uh, I'll save analysis for tomorrow on that one. Maybe. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Bedlam could be the last time we get this, which would be a shame. Oklahoma six point favorite against Oklahoma State. JC batting leadoff. Give me the six and the Cowboy folks at home. I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover though, and it's going to be like the the last time Texas played Texas A and M when. The, uh, the the horns kicked the walk off field goal, uh, and uh, and the announcer said it's goodbye to A and M because you know that's in their fight song, and and that was that was classic. I think it's going to end like that because Oklahoma's dominated this series. Uh, Oklahoma State's done a great job turning their season around, recovering from a thirty three to seven home loss to South Alabama. They're running the ball. Uh, it's in Stillwater. That's a loud place, but I, I just think. In this series, man, OU owns them so much. Uh, it's just fitting that it ends with the Sooners walking them off uh, right there on their home field, which is sadistic, but uh, uh, probably true in most cases when you cover college football for a while. But but you're taking the points, or you're laying. I'm the taking points? the points. I'm taking okay, the points. But I'm right. saying Oklahoma will win the game late by okay, a, the yeah. slimmest of margins. 
Okay, got it. I'm with you, actually. I'm a man, and I'll take six points. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go ahead and take the six, even if Oklahoma wins it. Uh, I think the mullet. Uh, JC and I on the uh, JC and Morgan show Monday in, in the the boss segment highlighted, and I just forgot his name, of course. Oklahoma State's a bruising tailback who is already over a thousand Ollie yards. Gordon. Ollie Gordon. There you go. Ollie Gordon. Is it Ollie Gordon the second or just Ollie Gordon? Um, I just doesn't call matter. Him, I just call him. We Ollie. just call him Ollie. Yeah, like that's there. I know they had Chubba Howard, Chubba, Chubba, Chubba Hubbard, Chubba, Chubba Hubbard. They had Chubba, Chubba. Chubba but but this is a more physical local. Like when I, I when I think of Gundy's teams, I think of like a good quarterback. You know, almost like fringe NFL guy that can throw the ball. They've had some good wideouts there over the years. This team is kind of counter to that, uh, and that's that might be what they need to be against Oklahoma. So I'll, I'll take the six, uh, Dude, Jamie. They, uh, I've got Oklahoma State winning the game. So um, okay, I, they, they've, they've got it going. They're they're I like their offense. I like where they are, and they always have a good running back up there. Always every year, it seems like there's a thousand yard or more rusher. It's a great, very underrated school for running backs in its history. Uh, keep in mind, Thurman Thomas played there. Of course, Barry Sanders played there. Um, I, I uh, Oklahoma State. I like them, and they got a chance to get into the to really ruin this whole Big Twelve uh, fantasy of having Oklahoma and Texas rematch in the Big Twelve championship. Oklahoma State can put an end to that this weekend. Uh, and yes, uh, Sander Sonder. It is Chuba. Not to be pedantic. Good oh, use of the Chub- word pedantic. Chuba Duba. I think it's nice. Chuba Duba. Chuba Wumba. Chuba. I get knocked Chuba. down. Chuba. I, Chuba I like saying Chuba better than Chuba. Either way, Oklahoma State plus the six is what I'm taking, what Jamie's taking, what JC's taking. Mad Dog, what are you taking? I'm with you, fellas. I think Oklahoma wins, but uh, yeah, give me the points. Although Jamie original. thinks it's outright win, but yeah, no, well, give me the points. First. First ever use of the word fellers on the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge, if you're scoring at home. Uh, game of the week, Saturday night, Bama, minus three against LSU. Mad Dog, we'll start with you. Oh, give me Bama. Yeah. Bama. Jamie. I, I, I think LSU is going to win the game. Uh, I don't think Alabama can score enough points. And so I think LSU – of course, we'll cover, and that means they'll. Uh, well, I said it; they'll win. JC, well, we're going to see how much better Bama is has gotten since the Texas game because it, it's that similar type matchup. LSU's got weapons all over the field. Uh, Daniels is an outstanding quarterback, best in the country uh, for my money. Uh, just to be perfectly honest with everybody. Uh, I, I, I actually like him better than Caleb Williams, and you know, and what Caleb's done this year. But we're going to find out. My sneaky suspicion, uh, based on what happened last week uh, or two weeks ago in Tuscaloosa against Tennessee, is they figured some things out, and I think the tide rolls at home. Brian Kelly denied a second straight win over the Goat. I'm anguishing over this. This is where hubris comes into play because, as JC can attest, all offseason I said LSU was the pick in the West. And, yes, I did predict going back to July that LSU would win this game. So if I stay with my stubbornness and my hubris and just to say that I was right all along, then I would stay with LSU. What I was wrong about, and I don't mind telling you, 
sometimes I, I miss. LSU's defense is not LSU. I don't know what happened. I don't understand it. They've got athletes galore, but they don't play great D. And that was part of the reason why I thought they would win this game and win the West. They still might because of the Daniels factor, and they can score. But Alabama is playing at a whole other level right now, and I'm going to take Alabama's salty defense and Milrow making just enough plays uh, where Alabama wins the game. Uh, so I guess we're split on that. That's good. That's good. That's good entertainment when the four of us are split on our picks. Let's see if the four of us are split on this. The tie, the uh, fifth pick, which uh, always has to do with a Gamecock game, a little prop action here. Over under receiving yards for Mr. Harbor, 49 and a half. 49 and a hook for the hard man. Jamie, you, you lead us off. Way over. Way over, he says. Big week for Big week. For Big week. Five-star recruit equals five-star yardage. <laughs> JC, week. do you agree? Do you concur? I'm going over uh, with him just because, I mean, they, well, they throw him the ball. They throw it that to him downfield. So mm-hmm. it'll take him, what, three catches to get to get past 50 uh, on average? It's going to take him one catch. On, one what he's doing. Uh, I, I've, I've been, look, I've been impressed with the way he catches the ball. He, he takes care of business. He, of, of, he takes care of uh, uh, agenda item number one. Uh, and I like receivers that do that because I know the athleticism and speed and ability to break tackles and, and, and the breakaway stuff. That's all going to come because he's such a great athlete. But I appreciate the fact, you know, not not the most natural pass catcher, uh, but he works at it. And, and I think he's been targeted 11 times and caught 10 this year. Uh, one drop the whole season. Uh, if you'd have told me that, you know, over under Nick Harbor drops, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have probably said he had four or five just because it's a new position. But he's he's held on to the ball, man, and uh, he's just going to get better and better. So I'm, I'm going over. I think he's got a chance to be a stud. I liked what I saw in the A&M game uh, after the drop. But I'll go under. Uh, you know, if, if this game goes the way Carolina fans hope, then you might not see a whole lot of – Harbor in the latter stages of this game. Uh, oh, I the think way they've see had more of them if they do, if it goes that way. Personally. Well, I understand that. The theory, I mean, my thing is with all the other injuries, I almost want to put them in bubble wrap and keep them fresh for the rest of the year. Um, but I, I mean, I could see it going both ways. You, you could take the approach of, hey, this is a chance for him to get more reps and continue to advance. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the under. I'll go ahead and take the 49 and a half. Let's say he catches uh, three balls for 47. What do you think, Mad Dog? I'm going over. I think he's the one receiver that you're going to have out there and healthy that you can count on to play in the second half, regardless of the uh, of the game, the way things are going. If you're up big, I think you still have him in there because he's your most sure-handed receiver. You pull Xavier Leggett out. And he's damn sure going to be in there if it's tight. So, give me over. All right. Uh, by the way, for those participating on the Cheap Sports app, you will have to also add a tiebreaker, which is total passing yards for one Spencer Rapper. We haven't done that one since week one. 700. For the rest of the year, I'll go 700. with 700. No, in this game, 700. 690. Well, if the game goes the way you think it's going to go, Jamie, he ain't playing in the fourth Yeah, court. that's right. Yeah, he might have 150 in the out. Lenore Sellers time. That's what yep. I'm yeah. saying. You'll see, you'll oh, hear oh. Sellers and Harbor on the touchdown, and people will get a glimpse of 2024, 2025, that type of stuff. 
Okay. I'll go with that. Tell me, I'm... You were there too, Jamie, when we saw the place go my, nuts when the goggles Mike, hit the field. It'd be fun to see Mike, that again. Mike, you love quarterbacks, yes. man. You got to watch yeah. this kid. You got to. Well, I saw him get in the game late. Uh, well, Furman, which game was that? Yeah, yeah Furman. Furman game. Oh, I mean, he's you, he's got plenty of juice. You're gonna you're gonna like this guy. I yeah, guess. no, he's got plenty. Look, it's nice to see Carolina bringing in that level of quarterback. I mean. They got, a little, they got a little fortunate with him because they flipped, he was hurt his junior year and blew up his senior year, so they didn't. They flipped him from Syracuse. Uh, he's a South Florence kid, but I, every every talent evaluator I know in the country told me that had he been not hurt his junior year, he'd have, he'd have had anybody, everybody in the country would have won. So yeah, just know, uh, look- yeah, you just wait, man. That's, that's, I, I can't wait for you to. I hope he gets to play Saturday. I hope you get to watch him. I will be watching uh, either live or on the old DVR, the yeah. old the old TiVo. Remember when TiVo, TiVo was a thing? Oh, TiVo, yeah. TiVo was way ahead of its time. I hope the creators of that uh, made some money. I'm watching the the uh, Netflix series on the guy who invented Uber. Fascinating. It's called Super Pumped. If you're looking for a good watch, you folks nice. out there. And again, if you're looking for great food, the fine folks, Suki, say hello to Suki uh, at the South End Zone at Williams Price on Saturday. Uh, that catering hotline, by the way, 803-543-6297. We can, we can send the mariachi band home. 803-543-62. Thank you, boys. Great job. 543-6297. Multiple locations uh, in Columbia and Lexington. Lexington and the Target Center, Columbia, across the uh, from the medical center. Kids eat free on Monday. Catering made easy. And I mean really, really easy. So don't just settle for the same old sandwiches and uh, steroid-induced chicken wings. Give Suki a call at Sauceritas at 803-543-6297. And you might not want to be waiting until Saturday to enjoy that if you plan to enjoy That's a great point. some, yes. some yeah. tonight. There's actually it's a good slate of Thursday night college football. Yeah. TCU and Texas Tech at 3 o'clock mm-hmm. or 3 o'clock at 7 o'clock. On Fox Sports 1, Texas Tech is a three-point favorite there. Wake is at Duke. We'll see what Riley Leonard looks like from a health standpoint. 7.30 on ESPN. That's an important game for Duke. They win it. They're going bowling. They are a touchdown favorite. And then Troy and South Alabama is a sneaky good game at 7.30 on ESPN 2 tonight from Troy, the new home of one Skyler Mead, who is the head coach of the Trojans, and they are really, really good. Tomorrow night, by the way, Boston College at Syracuse. Dino Babers is pretty much always coaching for his job. He's also coaching for their first ACC win of the year. Uh, but the real one tomorrow night. This is this is just it, it's just hate. It's called uh, it's called the the war at war. Uh, war Memorial Stadium, Wyoming, Colorado State, only separated by about an hour in an interstate. <laughs> and it is, uh, dude. You know what? I, I'm serious. That is Laramie a, meets Fort Collins. Hey, that's a that's a crazy football rivalry. They don't like each other. It's uh it's a it's a it's neat. It's neat. I'm being serious. It's bucket really, hats really and weed. It. Yeah, well the bucket hats would would you know, they kick all those weed smoking boys asses down there. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, the Colorado <laughs> State guys, they show up looking for a fight, they leave Wishing they Cowboy weren't. boots and CBD, plenty of it. Yeah, it's a it's a neat. Uh, I've been to both stadiums, and uh, it's a neat little rivalry. Neat little rivalry. So uh, oh eight o'clock. Going to that. 
So it's really only an hour from Laramie to Fort Collins? It yeah, about an hour. Yep, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a neat and easy drive. A little snowy this time of the year. Definitely yeah, pretty. It'd be chilly. I'd have to wear like actual jeans under my chaps. Yeah, they're in let's see, they're in Laramie tomorrow night. So <laughs> Wyoming, man, that's you gotta have some assless chaps in Wyoming. You live in hey, Wyoming. When we were out there Colorado. for Christmas a few years ago. It was uh the high was negative two. Jeez. That was the high, and the wind was blowing 20 miles an hour. That's the thing that destroys that spring football for the FCS, too. Yep. Yeah, Mo- Mo- Montana's not having February kickoffs. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Oh, shoot it. They're playing. It's like summer tomorrow out there. A low tomorrow night, only 33. That's nothing. <laughs> this is my favorite song. Yeah, this is the song where I usually start beating my chest and accidentally hit the guy in front of me if he's at the Chief concert. No, awesome. <laughs> Shouldn't have been standing there. Well, gentlemen, this was fun. Enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, man. Per usual. Thanks to the Golden Tones. Thanks to our friend Perry Orth joining us at the top of the show. Flint's here tomorrow. And our guest picker. Gamecocks and Gamecocks coming up on Saturday. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and always live from the Sinorama Studios. Thanks, Mike, JC, and Phil. We'll see you all tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs>